I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. There are, of course, those who do not want us to speak. Greed, deception, abuse of power, that's no plan. They, they just gatekeep knowledge, you know? They're, they're to total masters of deception. They manipulate everything. You know, these, these pricks at the helm have lied to us. It's... I did not have sexual relations with that woman, Miss Lewinsky. I never told anybody to lie, not a single time, never. These allegations are false, and I need to go back to work for the American people. They're, they're setting it up for the Great Deception. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it, it all revolves around the Great Deception. Yeah, right. it, bingo. And L.A. and I talked about that. I said, L.A., is this the Great Deception? And he didn't hesitate. He said, absolutely. I never used to question before, and now I question everything. Well, we are opposed around the world by a monolithic and ruthless conspiracy that relies primarily on covet means for expanding its sphere of influence, on infiltration instead of invasion, on subversion instead of elections, on intimidation instead of free choice, on guerrillas by night instead of armies by day. The world needs a wake-up call. We're going to vote it in. And welcome to the Great Deception Podcast. I'm your host, Matt. Thanks for joining me. Tonight, we have a fun episode. We have Randy from the Red Thread Podcast and Matthew Smith back again to join us and we're going to talk old world and it's always fun so before i get to that we have some reviews and i'm pumped about this because i ask and i received and i am so thankful um for the reviews that i got from you all because it's one of those things that you know keeps us in touch lets me know you're out there so, first review, Les Hawk 5. Love this podcast. Five-star review. That's what we're talking about. Okay, so it says, The Great Deception Pod is one of the best podcasts out there. Definitely one of my faves. I have always loved history, but once you start doing some research on our true history, that's where the fun really begins. Matt puts out great shows, solo or with some great guests, and he does amazing research on old world history. He also has a great radio voice and super easy to listen to. And every week I wait for Monday Night Master Debaters, and it's the best. I agree. Great guests covering a ton of topics, fun and often hilarious show. Thank you. Lastly, I appreciate that. That is such a kind review and much appreciated. We have one more new one. Uh, where did it go? It's right here. Okay. Coach Sarah with an H. Go good. Five star. Episode 56 is my favorite to date. I look forward to this every week. I appreciate that, Coach Sarah with an H. Thank you very much. And guys, I thank you for your feedback. It lets me know what we're doing. Now, hey, leave a five star review no matter what. And then you can say whatever you want. You can tell me the show sucks, but the five stars just helps us 
get in the algorithm, stay in the algorithm and get out there. Now, I do have one question here. I got one more review that I just found. I forgot about this one from Sananron. Sananron. It says 10 star, but yet we got a four star review. Very confusing. Thank you for all you are found and don't apologize about your edits. I appreciate that. I appreciate the review. Guys, thank you very much. And if you want to contribute to the show, you can make contributions on patreon.com slash great deception podcast. Uh, we have Venmo and PayPal too, but I don't use those. But I'd really like you guys to, to hop on the Patreon. We have three different tiers, but for as little as three bucks a month, you get all the Monday Night Master Debaters, all the extra content, the books I share, extra pictures, um, discussion. You get the monthly uh, patron Zoom call, which has been a lot of fun. I've met some really cool people through this podcast, and I have to say the people on the Patreon, I really respect they are great people, a lot of fun, very knowledgeable. And these Friday night discussions are a lot of fun that we have our monthly uh, Zoom calls because it varies between everyday life, what's going on, what are we doing, to great discussions on old world topics, anything, free energy. We've, we've had some really deep discussions on there and some great people great minds. And a lot of them aren't on social media. So the only place we do interact is on Patreon. And, and I respect that. And all you guys on there, thank you very much. And with that said, we will have another patron Zoom call this Friday, Friday, December 9th. We will have one. So if you're signed up by the 9th, you will be able to join the call. And uh, I look forward to talking with you all. Uh, aside from Monday Night Master Debaters, I think those patron Zoom calls are now the second favorite thing I look forward to um, each month now. And so what do we have tonight? Tonight we have a what I'm going to call a random Randy special because when Randy comes, Randy brings the heat and Randy brought the heat tonight and Matthew and I sat back, threw in our two cents here and there, but Randy led this discussion and he had a lot to say. And because Randy led it, we were all over the map and it was a very cool discussion. Um, we talked about the bankers that fund both sides of every war. We talked about the crusades, um, the targeting of old world infrastructure, uh, the Habsburgs, H.G. Wells, simulation, um, and all sorts of interesting stuff. So buckle up, get ready. And we have tonight, we have Random Randy from the Red Thread podcast. And then we have Matthew Smith from Yurt Designs on Instagram and dreamdesignbuild.org. Or you can find him at matthewrsmith.art. So with that said, folks, enjoy 
the show. There. Uh, well, let's say tech does win out and, uh, you know, all of our kids are stuck in uh, in headsets in school or, you know, all this other stuff. The stories that we push forward now are going to be what they have reference of, you yes. know, all, all of these conversations and things that are on YouTube, which is it's their platform. That that platform is the the Disney movies of our kids future. You know what I mean? Like the stuff we grew up on was spit out by corrupt, you know, uh, socialists, basically um, kind of pushing an agenda, whether that's, uh, you know, the fact that like our great grandparents were Cabbage Patch kids. And so they, they, you know, are actually property of a corporation and so on and so forth, which is kind of, you know, kind of a little dark when you start thinking about that stuff. Uh, Like, wait a minute, what if our great grandparents really were property of these people, these Artemis cult, you know, um, masters of illusion, you know, that rule the world. Um, They're clearly masters of illusion, but there seems that there must be a point, you know, behind all of it, not just, you know, pure evil bathing in baby's blood kind of darkness, but like, like really, what if, uh, what if there's a system in play and they call it the Noah's Ark, Mm. right? That they frame this story, Noah's Ark, um, two by two, you know, pairs of each, and, uh, you know, so they have some form of a system from an older version, you know, maybe a Greco-Roman version of, of the time long, long ago before the last, you know, cataclysm. And so they have this mechanism in place, call it Mount Shasta or wherever they kind of convince us to not go to the North Pole, right? The South Pole, whatever, whichever way you look at it, you know, what if there's an operation going there and these people in charge indeed are the Hyperboreans? And they're just their idea of of leading us is just reinstituting things so that we can run amok and all have these crazy experiences. And then uh, then they just something, whether it's the Phoenix phenomena, like, uh, you know, Jason Brashears likes to call it. Um, So whether it's part of a simulation or if it's just a natural event, you know, within the thing, there has to be a mechanism to start over, you know, to repopulate. And that's like the the archetype of noah you know or uh what is it um of noah or of janus you know you have janus or like the all father or the ant people or you have like all these different paradigms that are kind of inferring the same thing the cult of artemis you know a regeneration of mankind over and over and over again and like each version is a little different and we're always a little bit stuck on our own past you know whatever our version was previous Personally, I think there's a whole era missing um, that we're not told about. And we're just kind of spun a song and dance uh, when you get past a couple hundred years ago. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, I can't hear you, Matt. Sorry, no. I was on mute. What what time frame are you thinking oh. that hundred couple hundred years is around? You know what? It's, it's so hard to say. I definitely know that... Uh, this version of the narrative at a minimum just the narrative we're not talking civilization as a whole but the narrative that we're a part of right now um robber barons Habsburg dynasty you know uh, there's very little little evidence to me anyway as far as like outside of uh outside of academia references to like the Habsburgs between a thousand AD and 1500 it's pretty sparse you know, so it's it's kind of weird. I don't know if this is just like 
set into play because we need to have the information available to satisfy us, if that makes sense. Um, you know, when we reach into Wikipedia and these different portals, uh, you know, to grab our information up, um, it would make sense that there would be a need for them to establish information for us to be able to grab. Uh, yeah, and it's interesting you say that because Emmanuel Kingman, when he talks about his millennial reign theory, he he's saying that that Satan, you know, took over around the 1600s. And that mm -hmm. would kind of explain that gray area. Right. right. Because what he talks yeah, about it, is a and, transition and the inversion period. and this the inversion of of uh, what was like um, I've been looking a lot into the previous form of civilization. So um, what it looks like, it's, it was like non-contractual. Uh, I don't have the exact name of it. Maybe I do here. Uh, maybe I thought to keep that up. Uh, no, it doesn't look like it. Um, but basically uh, it was just, you know, your word is your bond was, was the previous version of agreement amongst men. Natural. You know, uh, right. Natural law. And, um, and so, yes, yeah, somewhere that shifted and it seems to have been the reason for this great rebellion, also known as this worldwide civil war that happened, you know, between, uh, if I had to nail it down, I'd say it's between like, the year 1200 when we're told these crusades happened right like i think we're being told a very biased scenario on the crusades oh, hey of what they hey, were along that line randy that video that i just sent you guys and anyone yeah that's i was on i was in on it it was amazing. anyone that's listening to this is the the jason Bashir's um video on youtube where it's from sunday today and he's talking about um it has Tartaria in the title, but he's talking about the Crusades and what really happened right. during and he, the Crusades. And he gives a lot of insight from the non-Jewish perspective, so kind of an unbi unbiased point of view. And I really well. And what were what were what what did he say, Randy? In the end, it boiled down to a transfer of wealth. They sent mm -hmm. these people on these Crusades to quote unquote reclaim reclaim Jerusalem, but knowing that. It was a half-assed army. You know, these guys well, were going yeah, it, with, with And not just forks. that. It was all informational propaganda. They're sending them to their deaths. They're sending exactly. them to a, into Knowing, a trap because they control the other side. Yep, they control no, the armies on the other side. They, they're funding them. They're funding both sides of this thing, egging people on just like today, just exactly like what we have going on over here, uh, you know, in Ukraine and everything. It's the same thing. We have two sides that are really on the same side working for, uh, you know, e each other in itself. And they are playing war games back and forth. And there's a certain percentage of the humanity that, that buys into these war games and buys into these scenarios and follows suit and goes and votes and goes and does their, quote, civic duty and all of this stuff. And, and that's really what the power structure is. You know, that's really what Rome is. It's embedded within the people. Rome is the mob, right? Like if you've ever seen uh, Gladiator. You know, mm -hmm. that's that's what Rome is. And that's why it's able to exist is because it has a certain percentage of people mentally invested in what's going on, whether it be the Crusades like back then had all these people mentally and emotionally and spiritually invested in these directed wars. Right. Um, these things that are set up behind the scenes, probably far in advance. And, uh, you know, they're just what what I see these as all of these wars, all of these rebellions. These are all mechanisms for change. And and it's sometimes it goes north, sometimes south. You know, sometimes it'll go for the betterment of good and sometimes back towards natural law. I think we are actually going to be seeing and are seeing a shift back towards natural law 
in the face of all of this technology. And, uh, you know, I think that's what we're seeing now with um, the push of more sides of the story than just A or B. Um, a lot of people are stepping outside of their comfort box and saying, what haven't I been handed? Because that's where the key is. You know, what information am I missing here? Because we have information overload, like absolute crazy. It's so hard to wade through this stuff. I mean, I've been spending a couple of years just to get a basic understanding of what, what Roman control structure is, the reason for the propaganda, including, you know, film, music, et cetera, um, or even underlying themes like the Tartaria movement or, you know, the uh, focus on ancient underground infrastructure. Um, why are we not focusing on who these people were that destroyed everything? Well, they the evidence a binary construct and they don't care which side we pick as long as we're fighting one another. One of the things that really struck me when I was doing research for uh, my last podcast with Matt was the realization that in Europe during World War II, like Germany and England and, you know, these, uh, you know, great powers were just going tit for tat, blowing up each other's uh, heritage centers, mm -hmm. targeting old world cities and, and, and religious sacred temples and, and so forth. And it was, you know, right. it's, it's, uh, it's literally a controlled right. demolition. You know, um, we have the term coming back around, uh, you know, thanks to Charlie Robinson, the cold controlled demolition of American, you know, society. Right. But this controlled demolition has been taking place in the background all along. It's never stopped. It just, right. it'll, it'll hit a city. It'll hit a region. It'll move on. Um, this thing is alive, this, this happening that, that is, that is in play that we are all a part of, right? It's, it's a, a living thing. And if you were to speak with a Japanese individual, they would, they would tell you inanimate or conceptual objects are living things just as much as you and I are. Well, it's an um, egregore. It's the idea of the egregore. It's the conscious, uh, the consciousness fed thought entity that takes right. on a force of its own. Absolutely. And, you know, um, after sitting back, looking at all this stuff, man, that's that's the truest concept that I have come across. Mm -hmm. When you uh, get people emotionally invested in something, it develops its own life. It develops its own driving force. And, and you know, that's what we see with 9-11, 9-11, 2020. Same yep. thing. Um, and, and, you know, it's uh, now we've got the driving force of the other side of the story happening. Um, where, you know, people, there are being repercussions for the, uh, the way people followed suit and went along with that, you know, um, now we're starting to see the other side of it play out and it's the opposite emotional pull for the same subject that has to play out. And that's what we see happening right now. Um, and, uh, you know, of course it's going to be brushed under the rug a lot more because of who controls media, but, uh, you know, that's always been the case, just like, you know, back in these, in these crusade times, right. Who was pushing the agenda? It would have been the church, the scribes. You know, these were the people that controlled most likely not just the the printed word on paper itself, but the supplies to paper because the churches were run by probably the oligarchs, the kings, etc. You know, they they all had a vested interest in each other, and this is why it worked. This is why they were able to spread so efficiently, uh, acquire other people's wealth via contracts so efficiently on in the name of god i mean what are you going to do uh ignore that when someone comes knocking to your door and your kids are there and your kids are believers and this guy mm -hmm. says if you uh you know do this do this deed or go on this crusade then god will smile and favor your family right 
um, after you've spent an entire lifetime invested into faith that that establishes just that, you're you're going to go with it. And that's what all of these people did, you know, for better, for worse, whatever the case is. And, and that's exactly what we're seeing happen now is people being led by their faith and their their emotions. And, you know, um, at once upon a time, I, I kind of thought it was like a sad and upsetting thing. But uh, I think it turns out that this is just a, an epic play that has to play out. And, you know, uh, whether it's uh, good or evil, um, I think a lot of evil in the world is overstressed and overpushed for shock value. But that's just my personal opinion. You know, um, I think a lot of stories are spun up. That's what the the whole fear porn, uh, you know, murder porn situation on TV and everything else is, is to get people emotionally invested in these subjects. Therefore, the subject themselves becomes an egregore. Did and, you see and, the newest Will Smith movie, Emancipation? I mean, I wouldn't be able to watch it, but I watched the trailer and it's just like a horror fest of, you know, slavery. Oh, they've got to. They've got to drill that into your head because they need you to see the over idea. And over again, re-traumatizing, just poking at the same wounds over and over again. Yeah. A, a new group of, you know, the younger generation is going to go see it and just become traumatized all over again. They won't let off. That's that's the point. And, you know, that really makes me believe that the whole slavery idea as it's been spun or been allowed to be played out in Hollywood is a complete farce. I think slavery was a much different thing than we are being told. And that's the reason for this worldwide rebellion of like a hundred years, you know, if not more, maybe this was a rebellion actually happening all the way back into the crusade times. And we're just not hearing that side of the story. Well, you know, we're not hearing the actual free folk side of the story. The, 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 this cabbage patch um, phenomena, you know, that Matt has been putting oh, out. Yeah. Like yeah. That one. <laughs> orphan trains, the insane asylums. And it's like, when we look at the images that are associated with it, it's it's usually white children, white babies. So, you know, go back a few generations and, you know, just to say, like, our folks were being put through hell. You know, right, so right. We, and well, but like, where did they originate is, is the question. You know, uh, like, what if these films weren't put out, these Cabbage Patch Babies weren't put out as, as a kind of a sick twist? What if these were just the only thing they could do because of the fact that they had all of these children with daddy and mommy issues and, and issues with their own childhood. They needed dolls for all these kids. They needed an outlet for propaganda for all of these newly created people. So they invent the film industry and they invent the toy industry and they, they push all these things out and establish all these things and start advertising them at the world's fairs. Uh, you know, it seems to me that at, at some point there's a population that of course was wiped out or just, uh, you know, maybe died off due to something like what we've told the been told the black plague is, or, or maybe they just, you know, naturally went through their life cycle. They were no longer fit for this, this world, much as we're all starting to die and get sick younger because this world is toxic to us now because we've made it that way. So what if that had happened in the past? And, and uh, you know, the, the rebellion essentially was uh, the remnants of these free people from before. Some people want to call them Tartarian or, uh, you know, the, the tribes of Israel. I mean, there's all these different names for this previous civilization of knowledge bearers that we seem to have wiped out, uh, you know, at least as far as what our side of the narrative is telling us right now. When I say we, I mean the we that uh, are uh, part of the umbrella of the narrative of Rockefeller Rockefellerian schooling 
So that narrative, you know, the we that all take part in that, that thing that's been cast on us, um, it started somewhere. It seems to have started in uh, Austria, kind of via the Habsburgs. And in that entire area, uh, it seems to have spread through religion to everywhere in the world uh, through the not just the Catholic faith and the Jesuits, but also um, financially through the Templars. Right. Which were, you know, the the wealth, the treasurers of the church, essentially, for a lot of years. And this is all just based on common information that we're allowed to have. So it's really hard to see what was going on behind the scenes or why. Um, or if even many of these wars did take place, uh, because if they needed to repopulate these places, all of these places all around the world, what happened to deem that necessary? It would either have to be an entirely more drug out and ferocious war than we're allowed to understand uh, or some sort of a, ma a massive vast, you know, die off or there was nobody there to begin with. And uh, we are way after the fact, like way, way Mad Max after the fact, uh, you know, a thousand, 2000 years just coming out of somewhere with the cabbage patch, maybe, <laughs> you know, and being a kind of, brought into this world and and just kind of shown the bare minimum but only propaganda much like you would if you were in a fallout shelter and came back out after some massive cataclysm it appears there was something that happened you know to this world uh the desertification over the last supposed 400 years of the sahara etc so it looks like there's something crazy that happened whether these narrators were part of this group that was underground and whether the say native americans and or like tartarians were some of the ones that had stayed above and weathered the storm or were just in different locales you know we don't know and, and we're just not going to find out um but there's definitely something to this idea of growing children uh, or if not growing directly at least raising and indoctrinating the children you know uh when you look at the cabbage patch in that kind of a sense uh, of a metaphor and we are also heavily indoctrinated. We're all Cabbage Patch kids, guys. We've all grown up in the Cabbage Patch where we were intended to grow up, apparently. <laughs> you know what that means? Man, is anybody's guess at this point. Well, what percentage of people can't like name a relative or think of a, a relation beyond three or four generations? Most of us. Uh, everybody I've met, and I've met some old timers when I was younger, some old uh, Croatians and, and Slavs, and they always referred to the old world as, as though it was something else uh, maybe because they were children when they were there or because of the stories of their grandparents um you know which were even then few and far between um but they all went back to two generations back somebody showing up on a boat um some of which feeling very forcefully pushed into the situation um you know traumatized for having to leave their home which was somewhere in europe ireland etc and uh you know being forced overseas and um, so I, I don't think it was just I don't think it was just black black people that were forced on boats and told to go places for, for reasons. I think that this was a big a big thing, uh, you know, and it blanketed all races. And many of our like personally, I have a family from what was California. Right. And uh, and they were established there and have since been called rebels had, you know been decapitated by the state, et cetera. So, I mean, this is just in, in my recent family over the last 200 years, uh, it has that in it, 
So I'd imagine it's like that for a lot of people. And a lot of people don't get to see that side because they're stuck on a boat or ship somewhere or driven across the country on a train, you know, just detached from wherever they were holding their rebellion during this great rebellion that was happening. And also if you had a rebellion happening and you were like, well, we can't kill everybody because then who's going to populate our cities and pay us taxes. Right? So this would be the idea amongst, you know, the big people in charge that are currently, you know, previously currently like in the 18, 1700s running things, captains of industry and such, they are going to want their subservience. They need those people. Well, and and that's something that's greatly underplayed in American history is the uh, District of Columbia Organic Act of 1871, where essentially the United States split and there was the United States Corporation that was created and then there were the 50 states. And when that happened, now what happens? Now you're part of a corporation. So now they need to feed that beast, right? Yep. And 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 so what do they have to do? Then they have to contract us. And fast our forward fifty out. years later, yeah. and they the create social the social security, security Act. system. Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. Spot so on, dude. There's their feeder system for now. They needed something initially to kick that off, and that's where a lot the of the gray area, area is. Yeah, absolutely right. Like we don't know what kicked that off. Why? Why? Was it so low then? Was it because the the deaths in the civil wars that were led to believe that happened were much greater, or were there that fewer people at the time? And you know, it just there's so many questions and so many variables in it that right. it's tough to nail it down. It is. It's it's really tough. There's some uh, really great things I've been mulling over as far as the theories to what could have happened. And you know, first of all, as an epic, call it like all out galactic, you know, civilization wide war, right? Just you know devastation everywhere um like an hg wells type thing that's exactly right spot on and i've read this man's work like through and through at least three or four of his books all the way cover to cover and and i've come to realize this guy is telling people stories whether he's pulling it from the ether right whether he's he's uh reaching into the akashic record to come up with these concepts or whether he's been handed notes and stories from a previous generation is you know is up to whoever's he's like he's like matt graining of the simpsons right i mean right that's exactly right he knows something we don't or somebody's exactly right to say okay here's what's going to happen you have to find a creative way to work it into your art and we'll play it off as fiction exactly and and you know that could be the same thing with the cabbage patch thing right now is um you know we have a lot of thespians running things we have a lot of very uh Frufu artistic, you know, thespians uh, that have weird senses of humor running the propaganda machine of our world. It's just, it's weird out there, right? Um, uh, but it's, you know, never ceases to amaze, first of all. Second of all, it's always something new and mildly unexpected, right? With a, with a big heavy, heavy helping of to be expected. So there's an art to this whole thing. And, and yeah, I think he was like the Matt Groening of his time uh, between him and uh let's see who are the others i i mean there are quite a few but definitely hg wells i mean the man wrote the history of the world right um <laughs> you know right on right alongside uh all of these other books and, and then who do we have writing 1894 um or 1984 we have george orwell also we can't forget him he was like the very next step in that uh he's spinning all the dystopian stuff that we all come to be you know, collectively indoctrinated to believe is going to happen in our lifetime. 
all that uh, dystopian demolition man taco bell is the only thing left kind of stuff you know i'm, I'm curious um to hear what both of you have to uh, say about the simulation theory idea now you mentioned uh jason jason Bashir, and yeah uh, i i struggle with that idea i because i kind of feel like um i feel like it's it 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 it's disempowering like that i'm you know that i can't lean into my own free will and no i i think i i feel where you're coming from when i first heard it you know coming from the mindset of seeing the matrix right it was very disempowering um but then when you start to look at uh just what reality is uh with vibratory physics and you know quantum realms and reality all of these aspects that just to me uh they they scream a type of a type of simulation uh simulation's a bad word because we think within our computer a simulation we don't think within all of time and space uh the same type of idea i guess you could say as a simulation that we think of is in play all around us what it is is we are creating the next fractal inward uh, we're, we are creating a 2D simulation in our computers. And, and so this is what most people think of when they think simulation. But um, I just ascribe simulation to if we were to take one step back outside of this scale in time. And, and this is kind of an out there subject that takes a lot of, you know, disassociation, I guess, to, to play out within your own head. But if you were to step back out of our scale, out of our octave, uh, into the next dimension back, call it the fourth dimension, whatever you'd like, uh, or the fifth or whatever. And you were able to do that. And you were an entity in that scale, in that dimension. Uh, could you have created the reality that we exist in now? So that would be the same as, you know, creationism, I guess you could call it. So it's not exactly a, a simulation as it is just applying kind of a terminology uh, that's commonplace to the way I understand it, holographic is kind of an interesting term to use also. I like um, the holographic concept because that fits in with what we're looking at in terms of ether physics and my experiences working with like entheogens and so forth. Mm -hmm. Right. But I mean, it would it would still have to be programmed, though, in a certain sense. Uh, even if it was like holographic, there would still be a programmer uh, mm -hmm. or, you know, there would still be a program or um, call it gematria or call it sacred geometry. These are the the programming languages uh, of of our of our world, right? You know, of our our realm or or our uh, as Jason Brashear's called it, sim simulacrum, simulacrum mm -hmm. uh, or simulation, or we call it reality, um, which I think is interesting that we call it reality, considering you know the Latin term real means road, right? So we're all just on this journey, this road, and we call it reality when really it's uh, you know, it, it's it's wild, dude. And I think all of these terms can be easily justified, but also easily shot down. Like um, anybody can come along and be like, well, it's not a simulation because we can't prove that we're, you know, electrons inside of a giant computer motherboard, you know, or um, or any of that. But like when you look at it on, uh, in my opinion, when you look at it on like a musical scale, like an octave scale, um you know, we're only able to understand and see and interact with things that are on our harmonic. Mm -hmm. So, so that's a very narrow, I guess you could call it bandwidth mm -hmm. um, that we're able to interact with and, and uh, an even narrower bandwidth that we're even able to 
mentally uh, invest ourselves into or spiritually or what have you. So it's pretty narrow. So to me, it seems that if we're able to see this bandwidth of light and other creatures are like dogs are able to see different bandwidths of light or honeybees are able to see ultraviolet. Um, and the universe is a life machine. It's, you know, it populates, it peoples, it, it creatures. Uh, we could see that all around us. Um, so just based on things that we see, there would have to be something bigger than us, uh, essentially, yeah. a, an octave outside of us. Yeah, I, I have no I have no problem with any of that. And again, like I see, uh, I embrace this idea of a holographic universe, a holographic reality, which has been hacked and is being programmed from, you know, uh, entities that don't have our best interests in mind that are, you know, sucking our life force, in fact. Mm -hmm. But when the idea of the simulation to me, it kind of, it, it, again, it, it, it takes the agency. It feels to me like it removes my free will, like that I don't have agency within this, you know, because yeah. I'm interested in, you know, self-exploration, knowing thyself, healing myself. Right. And no, I, I get what you're saying. Uh, I just try to not let the terminology as it's been spun to us, like resonate with me that same way. When I think simulation, um, I used to automatically think the matrix trapped imprisonment, so on. Um, but as I've come along and started to realize in some deeper level, and this is going to sound off, you know, to people who aren't invested in looking within, but at, at some level, you know, I am the catalyst that started all of this if that makes sense. And it's weird. Um, or I'm, you know, a volunteer in this thing, yeah. <laughs> you know, well, I'm here on a journey. And, and the more I seem to learn about myself, the more I realize I really am trying to do something here and it, and I'm learning how to do it. Um, I've been indoctrinated my entire life to look at this control structure. Like it's a negative thing. Uh, or, or to look at like, for example, look at Freemasonry and say, Oh, these people are dark and evil and twisted. Uh, when I don't know that that's just a belief system put out there. And, and, uh, you know, I used to resonate with it and now I'm just like, well, these people build buildings, dude. Yeah. This is what they do. You know, they build buildings and they have powwows in, in their basement and, you know, talk each other up and go over the, the details of different forms of magic, magic being the control of your own mind and your own destiny. And yes, that stuff is covered up and deeply secretive because you have to find it yourself. You have to find magic or ritual or self-empowerment or self-betterment on your own. Uh, you're not supposed to be able to, you know, in their opinion, just reach out into the cloud and grab the information. Um, and that's that's why, Randy, when I think about it, I think about it in when I hear simulation, Matthew, and, and how I, I, I don't want to matrix it up, right? I don't want to simplify it down to a point where we're insignificant. Right. Or, so or when someone I think, else is in control and we're not. Yeah. Like, so when I think right. about it that way, what I think about it as is is like a computer program, like ones and zeros. Right. So it's it's a choose your own adventure. You have limited but unlimited options at the same time. But what convinces me or or not convinces, but leads me to show me that that ones and zeros really matter is when we start looking at things like sacred geometry. We start looking at fractals. We start looking at repeating patterns and things over and over in our environment that make the creation, right? Mm -hmm. So all those ones and zeros add up and there's no limit to it. Now, the, the simulation really narrows it down to a very 
you know, almost video game type feel to it, where I feel like it's the opposite. When we're in a simulation, the possibilities are endless because those ones and zeros can be programmed in, in any way you want. And that's where magic comes into play. That's where uh, the power of of faith and belief and and things like that come in. And that elevates you in your game. And that that I, I really feel like that gets you closer to your truer programs of ones and zeros. It gets you closer to that natural way of life, that sacred geometry um, based life. And it gets you out of the material matrix version of the ones and zeros because you can go that route. Yeah, that material simulation with it. Yeah, that simulation that media casts, uh, you know, that illusion that is cast by media, propaganda, et cetera, whatever you want to call it, that machine that, uh, you know, is is out to convince us that we are only and the keyword is only and and, and that anything can come after that only. Um, it can be that we're only uh, only consumers or, or only this or only listen, we're not only anything we're. <laughs> We're, we're just about everything. We've just been convinced that we're not, uh, you know, we've been convinced that, and, and that's what this, this whole cabbage patch thing is about too. The reason it's getting pushed out there is that they, the, they, this element wants to create an illusion and convince people that they're meaningless once again. Yeah. Uh, and, and, you know, flat earth, you know, kind of alerted a lot of people that, wait a minute, maybe some things have meaning, you know, and uh, the new, um, uh, you know, exuberance of uh you know spiritual teaching in the world is is kind of uh creating a situation where there's there's a power grab to get some of that attention back mm-hmm. and, and so you have this this cabbage patch more fear porn so what if what if just let's say what if three generations ago half of our ancestors were created by this corporation what does that change about us today what does that change about our spiritual journey today or or our um investigations into ourself or or what have you what what it, all that it tells me and this is kind of the perspective that's not getting a lot of traction because everyone wants to go straight into the well that's scary and that's dark but i mean if this is a self-sustaining machine that we're a part of of life that is created for us to have these experiences it wouldn't it make sense that they would keep it running um, and you know, would that make it such a dark thing that what if our great, great, great grandparents came out of a test tube or something? I think that's pretty, pretty well, awesome and special. And I think that should be the story. Like, did I, and, we and actually? Randy, I, I, I think of it on the other side also though, that it could just be a predictive programming again. It could be that thing where they're putting it out there because they are planning or they know an impending, what's going to happen and because we sterilized half of our people uh yeah, you know, over the last couple of years is going to happen so they're going to have to repopulate and guess what our technology is such now that we can grow babies in a bag you know and yeah. and but what are they going to do they're going to sell kids toys babies in a bag first and they'll just they'll, they'll come you know yeah. they'll cartoonize it they'll they'll put it in in film movies and put it on Disney and then they'll slowly roll it out and then that'll become the norm and that's the next upgrade of us right that's the ones with the chips and those of us that don't want to take the chips well you know you're you're gonna it have will, to, yeah we will just be the um the Native Americans of the future you know yeah, we we're gonna just be, the be wiped out our stuff will be taken exactly we're gypsies we're gonna have to live off the land we're gonna have to move around you know yeah. like we're and then not we'll go the way of the tartars yeah yeah well, we'll, the, we'll the, be the like the random aspect uh, of it gets our acquiescence it gets us to buy into it subconsciously because we didn't object 
Yeah, because we don't we don't thoroughly object to it, right? That's your consent in in the in this game, and and you know. Who, but the who problem the problem is, and I like the way that Jason Brashears brings this up when you're investing into the collective egregore, right? Uh, and, and you set out to stop this next impending reset from happening. God, I got to do something. You get out there and you're protesting, or you're you know you're engaging with this machine that is actively indoctrinating everybody and yourself and everything else. And you're engaging with it. You're fighting it. You know, you're just as invested in that machine as the people that are going along with it. And, Mm -hmm. uh, and all all of our real magic, this this is the stuff that's kept secret within societies, right? Within societies, magic is kept secret and magic is the control and understanding of yourself, your world and how you interact with it to create said response. And Randy, Um, I felt that in 2020. Yeah. In in March, April, May uh, of uh, June, even of 2020, I got wrapped up in fighting COVID. Right. I was I was I was not going to let it get in my house. I wasn't going to let it, you know, affect my child, even though they started shutting down schools and, you know, right. all this stuff. And oh, yeah, I, yeah, I wasn't yeah. going to let him wear a mask, all this stuff. But in doing that, I lost myself. I got wrapped up in the machine. And the machine just ate, chewed me up and spit me out. And what happened? I came out of it. I came out. I was divorced. I was alone. I was in a, in a different state, in a different, different place. And that was like a wake up call. Like, holy shit. Like Mm. you cannot fight the machine. The machine's going to win. Matt, when you said you were fighting COVID, you mean you were fighting the narrative? Yeah. Yeah. Fighting the, the bullshit, the propaganda behind it. You know, all the that, you know, this is going to be the next, mm-hmm. you know, bubonic plague and that, you know, we should we can't go within six feet of another oh, person. It was, it, was hard not vi- to. it was hard not to when society as a whole is uh, is buying in. And, and that's where the life of that that thought concept comes into play. Like there's I guarantee you, if you tried to whittle it down to any one person that is 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 solely responsible for any of that stuff getting pushed you would never find the one person you will always find a massive group of people who had zero interaction with each other uh because this thought form thing uh you know it, it starts within many and and as soon as it hits like that hundredth monkey effect or something it was the uh, it, it cascades it becomes the hive mind yeah and, and you know that's that's what we see that's what popular culture is it is the hive mind and um you know, when some people call it AI. Mind, it's actually a greater mind that the hive infests itself into. Yes. It, yes. And, you know, it starts to take it's over uh, units within the, the giant hive. Right. right. Like it's it's crazy how, how that all works. And see, that's all fractal mathematics also. Right. Um, and, and then that all kind of ties in with with symp- sympathetic vibratory physics. Right. And so mm-hmm. you, you guys were showing last time, uh, you know, when you did the like electric. Uh, well, electric anyway, the, the cathedrals. The cathedrals with the with the chakra points, right? So, let's say uh, you know how we have television now. We have cell phones. I mean, you could turn on your TV and watch a commercial and have that jingle in your head for a year and a half, or you know, you can listen to a song and have it resonate in your skull for days and days or forever, your entire life. You're you're forever changed by that music, right? Or by that thing. Now, in the past. Um, in these cathedral times, in these epic temple times, which wasn't that long ago, it seems. Um, there correct. it is. There we go. So, so in your cathedral, right? Who who do you have that's operating this cathedral? You have the scribes, right, of the church. You have uh, whatever the 
religious or spiritual power structure is in this area at the time. Now, keep in mind, in these times, people don't have access to radios. They don't have access to televisions. They only have pr printed propaganda uh, in the form of novels, books, uh, you know, scrolls, things like this during these temple times. Right. Um, you know, today they've put the temple in your living. Room, all right. The, this is essentially the same unit that they're using to indoctrinate uh, and sway the minds of millions and sway the hearts more, more essentially swaying the hearts of all these people is the important part. Today, they're doing that through the sound waves they're putting out in commercials, sometimes things you don't even hear. Um, they're doing this through all of the cartoon jingles and, and different crap you hear on your radio. There's a reason it's tuned to 440. Uh, and, and that's not just that's not just to, uh, you know, not cross mojinate properly with you. It's because it's an it's it's just close enough to 432, just close enough that it hits your heartstrings. Right. It hits your heartstring and your subconscious wants to resonate with it. So it pays attention to it a little more is it's what happens. It, 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 it's yes. And it, it's like a feed. It causes a feedback loop. It's an agitation. Right. Because right, it, exactly. It, you, it just gets you out of sync. Just, just enough to pay enough. attention to it. Yeah. Yep. Just enough to focus your, your thoughts and your will on that item, on that jingle. Right. Like there's a reason we all buy Sara Lee when we go to the store, if we decide to buy Sara Lee and it's Randy, probably... <laughs> there's, I, I used to go to my grandparents' house one, you know, once a year during the holidays and it was always Thanksgiving. And to this day, I remember the damn jingle for their local, like Bradley's it was this place called Hills. Right. Yeah. And they had these little elves and they go, according to legend, little folks know Hills is where the toys are. I remember that freaking jingle <laughs> to this day. Yeah. Yeah. Because dude. they would oh, just yeah. go over and over. And now think about other things that they've done that with. Right. The Pledge of Allegiance. Good things. But then they've also done it with some negative stuff. Well, and think about the weekly programming. ritual of going. Right. And that's and that's all that this is. So, you know, when people want to want to lift up this Tartaria place and this movement based on these cathedrals. Uh, these are just programming centers, guys. Like, uh, you know, you need to understand that, that these places were built with a purpose. There's a reason they invested the time, money, effort, science, if you want to call it science, but uh, definitely technical know-how uh, to integrate these organs into here, to tell the hey, people where Randy. to sit right in the heart there. Randy. They, they are speaking to these people's hearts. Do you think, because Matthew and I talked about this uh, briefly in, in, I can't remember which discussion, but we obviously know that this can be used for beneficial purposes. Do you think they also used it for negative purposes it, as here's, well? Here's the part that's, that's going to like probably not sit well with most people. I don't think this has ever been used for any kind of a beneficial purpose. I think that the people that are in charge of, uh, you know, engineering and maybe not the engineers themselves, but the people that are bankrolling this to put these buildings there uh, that are, you know, facilitating this stuff. The only intention they have is to continue the control structure and to create that in infestational hive mind. OK, that's the only purpose there are for these, the um, which is why, why they hung all the witches. Uh well, they, they What's that, Matthew? I'm just wondering, Randy, why you say that, and like, where the people that burned the witches, the same same entities that they, actually built the cathedrals. You know, I think that uh, they were the ones bankrolling this this whole thing. Uh, they were behind the scenes a lot. There's there's a certain allowance that takes place when it comes to 
uh, maintaining some form of a balance in this world. It seems like anyway, it never completely goes to shit. You notice that like <laughs> it gets close. We like to believe it's gotten close. Um, but then we see, um, you know, and it all depends on your perspective, of course, but then we see like an emergence like today of a more awakened, uh, you know, spiritually adept folk, uh, coming to fruition. Um, now it seems to me that we have ebbs and flows in, in like the waveform of time, right. That we're riding in. Um, so we have highs and lows and we were in, in a pretty deep low. It seems something, uh, between the, you know, year a thousand and, and the year 1800. Right. Um, it definitely seemed like that, that revolution, that industrial revolution took on this life of its own, started controlling all these people, taking the power out of the individual and casting it into the, the collective. And that's what these, these facilities, these places were for. Now, now that doesn't mean that you might not have had a, a kind hearted priest in some of these, or, uh, you know, some of the, uh, the people operating the instruments, bells and things like that may not have been of good heart and may not have done things to heal the people and to, to help the people or the person that created the organ maybe generated and created this organ for a divine purpose at first. Right. Um, and, uh, once it was found out that you could speak to people's hearts through these. So there might've been a, a very small window uh, of time, maybe a thousand years, say like we're, we're taught to think of, you know, the millennial reign, right? Maybe this thousand years was the period, the only period in time that we're aware of anyway, where these facilities, these technologies, these sciences, were being used for the betterment of the people, but definitely not since probably the year 1000 and the Crusades and everything else, like at least not based on what I'm seeing. Um, we do have uh, the building of all these cathedrals in places like England, what else, uh, you know, and, and and around the world. And it's always in a populace, population center that has been created by these secret groups um, or, you know, by these, um, these odd fellows, these, Masons, these Habsburgs, these do you all think, these different. Randy, do you think there's any chance that these people were drawn to there? Because you know, one of the things I look at, like when I look at the world's fairs, and and specifically in America, because Europe's just a totally different animal, and I haven't, uh, you know, I'll be honest, I haven't dove deep enough to really break it down. Like I, I understand the brief history of the established America, and. If you look at the world's fairs, you look at some the, the cities, right? And some of them, you know, you, you look at it and you're like, ah, this is real weird. Like, why is Buffalo, New York so important? Why is Tennessee mm -hmm. so important? Why is Omaha, Nebraska so important? And then you're like, oh, well, these were probably significant previously. There's something to this land that is energetically enhanced, you know, ley lines, whatever it be, mag mag magnetism, whatever yeah. it may be. Something in that coding. In, in yeah, that, you and know, it draws that... these people there, and then it goes out after that. Uh, or it could just be that, you know, in a previous version, I, and this is, this is why I, you know, I kind of like the simulation terminology, uh, because if you think about different ages or different epochs, um, you know, the things that we look at as myth and legend today more than likely actually happened in a previous era or a previous epoch or long, long ago in a galaxy far, far away. Right. But like, <laughs> you know, so these things, these concepts, uh, you and know, in my opinion, Randy, somehow, Randy, I don't mean to cut you off, but I was just listening to uh, the Strange Neighborhood podcast and um, she had on Andy from Deep Share and they were talking about just that. 
talking about the fact that, you know, a, a lot of these constructs over time are changing rapidly right now. And, and we're starting to see it. We're starting to feel it collectively. And it's, it's a really impressive and, and anybody that hasn't listened to it, I, I recommend go listen to uh, over, over there at strange neighborhood. Great, great interview, but conversation between the two of them. And they talked about all the, you know, from, creation spirituality to simulation all, all different stuff right so, the paradigm shifts um, yes you know that that are happening on on an incredible and and this is why i'm i'm super fortunate and blessed to have had personal experiences of the fractal nature uh, you know namely through at first through you know psychedelics so uh, understanding that geometry uh being able to interact with that geometry had has helped when I start looking at the mathematics of, of what, you know, uh, vortex mathematics is what the capabilities of some of these ideas really are. Like, for example, if you spin water, uh, or, or if you vibrate water, a certain frequency, and you have it inside of a quartz tube at a certain point, it will disappear. No, it will not turn to steam. It will disappear completely from the vial. So, you know, everything has this sympathetic resonance. Um, and, this could very well be what they're talking about in, in the biblical sense when they speak of a rapture or like people disappearing. Or nowadays they're talking about this 5D earth transition, right? Um, uh, or in the past, and I think this is maybe going to be out there to some people, but in the past we had spontaneous human combustion. Nobody could explain it. These people just, for all intents and purposes, disappeared and turned to an ash that we can't even get out of our hottest furnaces, right? So you know, there's there's a possibility that some of these things are overlapping and have to do with each other. And, and we're just like not putting the pieces together or we weren't really allowed to put the pieces together when it came to this uh, spontaneous human combustion thing, which happened right around was happening right around the same time as uh, all these world fairs and, and, and all. This and what stuff. else happened? The Kentucky meat rain. Right. You ever hear about that story in 1876? <laughs> Where this lady was outside and all of a sudden this like flesh-like material just fell out of the sky and covered her. Well, it's it's wild. And man, and, and then, you know, with the, the petrification of whatever was here in the past, uh, creating rocks that look like bacon or, or like sides of beef, um, I, the, <laughs> the format is there for sure, uh, you know. The substance, as we understand it, is is wrong, but the the general layout of this meat rock, you know, is well, it's it's macro on. micro, right? It, it's Randy, it's crazy. When you start looking at it. That's all it is. I mean, look at our internal organs, our internal system, and then look at nature. You can find everything that's in us that, from a shape standpoint, in nature. It's all part of the programming. I mean, we we are part of this. We are connected to this. And, and I think that that's the part that we're being led away from with the, the, the way simulation has been thrust upon people and is, and is supposedly being like kind of, kind of commandeered by Elon Musk and being run with. And well, it's, it's metaverse, right? They want to, they want to associate it with computers. Right. Instead right, to of get the, people to dive into this thing that is coming. And I don't care what anybody says this, uh, this metaverse, whether it's in our lifetime or our children's it's, it's coming. This is uh this is why they're pushing so hard to get so many people to to kind of uh, disassociate from spirituality and the real world 
uh, if you want to call it that. I mean, who knows what's real and what's not it's, anyway, it right? It like the metaverse is they're trying to trap us like one level deeper in the false. Exactly. Reality. Yeah. In, in the, you inception. know what, it, you know what I, I tell people, if you want to know what their next step is, go watch Demolition Man. Because that's that's before they can get us fully engaged into the metaverse. metaverse. Yeah, they have right? to. They have to create. They have that to outward. take that step to almost dehumanize you first, and by by having living in a security state, which is essentially what they do in Demolition Man, um, they take away. They start to dehumanize you. Right. You you get you get you know. There's machines watching your every move, listening to your every word. You're being you know social credit scored. All this stuff. So they're going to get you to that level. And then when you can't compete in that level, well, the only it's like your only option left now is the metaverse. So guess what, guys? I got and they're going like, to hand that to you. They're, they're going like, to hand it. They already are handing it to and it's $150 for one of these helmets. <laughs> well, it's the way they set up the previous generation. You know, the last 50 to 75 years, at least in America, was if you couldn't make it. Well, guess what? Your, your next option, you can go fight for Uncle Sam. And you can be a sacrificial lamb for the cause, you know, and if you make it out, okay, great. You're luck- if not, well, you were, you were a good cog for the machine. Thank you for your service. Yeah. Uh, or, or, you know, you can go and, uh, uh, you can go and, and help somebody else realize their dream and work for them, which is slavery. So you're looking at slavery, a slavery B, or, um, you can go and be a free person, but guess what? You're going to be homeless and you're going to live without everything ever. Uh, the government will give you the bare minimum because there happens to be a food bank that, you know, is run by, you know, a nonprofit or something. So you'll be able to eat. You'll maybe have a tent. You'll have some ground to lay on. And you know what? They're not going to sweat you if you're one of these homeless. They don't care about these homeless people, dude. Those you homeless know, people here's feel my like thing. they've broken out of the system. Here's they don't my care counter to that, Randy, is that, you know, we go back to the old ways, the old, you know, knowledge, so to speak. These people were in connection with nature. They lived by natural law. They lived by nature's law. And I think them forcing people to do that, you're going to see a lot of people thrive because it's in their instinct to be able to go into nature, to, to disconnect from this in, this material world and go out in nature and thrive. And people are so scared of that. And, and you know, I get it. It's a scary thought. Oh, we've been boogeymaned. We've been yeah. boogeymaned our entire lives. You have to live off the land is like this. Like there's, no, there's boogeymen like out there. God's not going to provide for you. You know, like pe- there's plenty of people. Everything that we need is out there. It's just that the people in charge want you to believe in scarcity. And they want you to believe that there's limited resources and they control them. And the only way that you can get them is by playing their game. And that's what we've, that's the type of mental fuckery we've been under in this system and people have to understand listen you can succeed outside of their system you can grow your own food in your backyard not you don't have to sustain your whole family all year round but grow start with a couple things you know or just start something start something for yourself that's what i'm saying yeah Um, find find create a hobby you know the whole thing is set up to disempower and that's where i was going with it was that these these people these buildings were possible in the old world because these people were connected with the natural skills, the natural, you know, sacred geometry. They ha- they were masters of it. They were masters of math. They were they had skills. They were master, you know, masons. Carpenters. Well, dude, look at look at some of the some of the uh, military instruments you had coming into play during the Civil War, during you know the, these wars in the seventeen and eighteen hundreds. These things were masterpieces of engineering. 
just incredible, incredible machinery. Um, I mean, some of, you know, and, and they're doing this stuff with these old natural laws in mind, you know, everything's built by hand. Uh, and what's not built by hand is built just, just an incredible quality. Um, and, you know, I think that there were different families, perhaps like these Habsburgs being one of them that, uh, facilitated the growth of so many craftsmen and, and these different, uh, in the past, they would have been looked at as like, um, kingdoms, right? So you have these different kingdoms all around and you have the people, uh, at the very top who are the ones that are willing to put other people's necks out for themselves and, and for their interests. Then you have other people that they are here just because they want to create. And so these people with, with what they consider currency or money or gold or whatever, um, who at some point, these people at the top, they were miners also, right? Like these are the families of mining tycoonists from, you know, hundreds of years ago, maybe a thousand years ago. So you had this like very different structure back then. Um, as far as, you know, the kingdom, who is serving, uh, who was free, who wasn't. Uh, but I don't know that you ever go back to a time where, where, um, you weren't putting in some kind of service to the city or the state if you were taking part in that in that paradigm. Like you could at one point, at least even in America, uh, you know, the Native Americans or the Tartars out on the plains that, that were told about anyway, you know, these people still had the luxury to choose whether they wanted to live the natural life up until a couple hundred years ago, a few hundred years ago. Uh, and then something came out and there was this, uh, in my opinion, it's technology is what happened. Um, you know, all of this high tech stuff we see coming around in the civil war, this was like the normal, uh, steampunk, uh, I think has been brushed under the rug airships. I mean, a whole degree or, or like plethora of freedoms, technologies and possibility existed for an extended period of time that we're not told about. Um, and, and it may have been, you know, up until as recently as like the 1500s, when you had the influx of the church starting up. You also had these Habsburgs starting to take control of Europe. Um, you had like a shifting happening in in China, um, uh, like a modernization. So this whole modernization thing, I don't know if it's like the catalyst to this uh, dystopian like era and world we find ourselves in today. Um, but it definitely seems that this technology has had an intelligence of its own from the very get go and uh, is helping to facilitate its own creation and integration into what is becoming known as AI. Um, and, uh, it, and so I, this is why simulation doesn't quite fit because it would take, uh, it, it's not as simple as, you know, a programmer and a simulation. We're, we're all co-programming from within. And meanwhile, our higher selves are, are helping to co-create this entire version of everything. So it's, it's just incredible, but yeah. So, Great rebellion. The way you uh, describe <laughs> simulation actually makes me think about it differently now. <clears throat> um, now I'm seeing it as like the simulation is the is the artificial construct that's overlaying, you know, the divine, right. call it the, the the holographic, you know, universe or what have you. Um, but so that, it's an informational construct. It, yeah, yeah, it's just information. And we get trapped into it. We get enticed into it. We get seduced into it over and over again, layer by layer by layer. And we're working our way out of that. I think that's what we're going through right now. In right. But it's a current and it pushes back. It pushes back. And that's what technology may very well be a part of is this pushback 
that's all right, giving us an opportunity to make a decision if we go further in, like the metaverse, mm-hmm. or do we stand our own ground and start a new age and a new renaissance, basically, which I think that we are on the threshold of when you start seeing some of the technologies, the way people are using them mm-hmm. aside from the system. Um, you know, Tesla technology, uh, rotary, uh, what do they call them? Turbines, right? Like this this guy I was listening to higher side chats. The other Dynamos. Day. Just incredible stuff. Incredible mm-hmm. stuff. I mean, all of the energy we could ever want is being rediscovered. And some would call it within the ether. Um, bricks for batteries is a, is a great example. Now, if you had these solar panels, you would need something to charge, wouldn't you? So you would build your house out of bricks and charge your house. So, you know, I mean, there's all these things that could be, these are possibilities for our future and for our children's future. Um, But we're being kind of like subverted and redirected into investing all of our time. Um, And and I don't think this is true all across the board, but in a general populist sense, investing all our time going up in arms about, oh, what, what happened to Tartaria? And then, you know, so all these people are creating this content to pull attention away from the things that are actually being uncovered, which is some of the technologies, some of the ways of life, mm-hmm. uh, the spirituality people are reestablishing that may have been wiped wiped out, you know, a few hundred years ago. Uh, pretty systematically, it seems, spirituality as as a as a natural product uh, was was wiped out and then was re embedded into the mystery schools to be later discovered. So it's like this weird thing that seems to happen throughout time. They'll bury everything. Literally and figuratively, right? Um, we have the burial of, you know, the land, and then we have the burial of the information, and then it's up to this next group of, you know, cabbage patch kids uh, who are coming from nothing, basically. Which I think maybe the euphemism or maybe the, you know, the metaphor is, uh, listen, everything's buried, and these kids are coming from nothing. They have nothing. We've buried everything. They're starting over completely. So it's almost as if they're raising uh, out of the earth like cabbages right um so i mean that could be a metaphor for the cabbage patch kid um it could just be and then like with that you have different eras epochs ages and it does kind of make sense that they would want to cover up a technologically advanced uh i don't know if i'd call it utopian i think there was still a control system in place during this this previous uh post medieval era that we don't really have a lot of information on. We just have the information on the wars. Uh, some of the families that were the victors of these wars. Um, the generals their, in these wars. Yeah, the, the architects of all of these things. And, you know, the architect thing, when you have a, a head architect who's in charge of probably 50 or 100 different building companies, I guess it's possible you know, that that's what they're doing is they're putting this guy at the top who just spends his time, you know, pushing the, the checks across the table. Yeah, it'd be like crediting yeah. Bill Gates with all this different stuff. Just yeah, with mRNA technology. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, that Bill Gates and him, his mRNA technology. Because his foundation funded it. Yeah, <laughs> right. And that's exactly, I mean, what would you do if you were a baller and you poured all of your life savings into something? You would want to be remembered as the man that brought that to humanity, right? So. So that's that's what they're doing, and they're and they're continuing to do it. I mean, we have Elon Musk, who started out uh, being the billionaire who created PayPal, and then you find out he didn't create PayPal; he stole it from this other dude. And then you find out, uh, you know, later on that the same thing happens when he gets involved with Tesla. He buys it out or subverts somebody 
takes charge of it and then goes, nope, I've always had it. It's always been mine and it'll never not be mine. You know, so like, okay, if that's happening now, it definitely was happening in the 1700s. Well, and that's what the Rockefellers did in the in the 1850s and beyond, right? They started doing that. They did it with education. They did it with medicine. They did it with oil. You know, they they just get these things and then they run with it and it's theirs. Well, and I, I think that these all came from the same, and I almost want to call it an entity because it goes tracks back in a really strange way. This uh, this two headed eagle that yes. if you look far enough into it, you find out that uh, you know that we have this this long time battle between the eagle and the serpent, and uh, at some point in the past, it was just the eagle and the serpent, and then uh, you know the serpent is quelled and the eagle decides to grow two heads and and so you have this weird kind of thing that happens and it, and it's it's like stamped onto history and you can look look through wikipedia uh, it's just crazy but this habsburg group or family um is just one of these players this is just one of the players that they're willing to put out there you know that they're they're willing to put out and show much like the rockefellers or jp morgan or any of these tycoons this is what we're being offered. But I think that this is like an homage to a type of people or a specific grouping of maybe many people. So, um, so Randy, what's the two headed Eagle? Is that like the, the split in consciousness? Does it represent like the, um, the binary construct that I think so. Yeah. I think that we went from a, a unity based consciousness, I guess, um, you know, which would have been this, uh, golden age or would have been this um thousand year reign right or, or this the same idea so like we're just working with a loose concept here um we have this or this golden age or this renaissance right um it could be a term used for that uh golden age thousand year millennial reign uh uh let's say kingdom of heaven right or or like kingdom god's kingdom on earth any of these things can be symbolically like tied to unity consciousness. Um, you know, Michelle Gibson puts it that way. She refers to the, the most recent previous one as being a Moorish unity consciousness. So I don't know why you would need a race or a type of people if it was a true unity consciousness, but that's just me. Um, but, I you know, so you have unity points to that as well. Well, and, and then you had, so it, within that unity consciousness structure, you had, a, you had the, the eagle and the serpent. Mm -hmm. uh, or previous to that, you had the eagle and the serpent. And then if you look into like Quetzalcoatl is a feathered serpent, right? So that's symbol symbolically showing you that that's unity consciousness uh, civilization. Okay. So like these ones that have these certain icons for their, their God or their, their, you know, end all be all alpha omega. Right. Um, and then you have this division, which happens alpha and omega, right. It's no longer the one. You notice that that the, suddenly God is no longer the one. Uh, he, he splits back up again, becomes the Alpha and the Omega, and he splits further. He, he gets a little bit more, um, you know, <laughs> schizophrenic here. Uh, a few hundred years back, with the inception of the Jesuit order, the Catholic uh, order, and so on, and then suddenly becomes threefold. So that threefold, uh, you know, it's it's anyone's guess. I think that what that was was just the next level of separation. Um, and so they rolled it out as instead of being that just the, the alpha and the omega, they, they more or less kind of wrapped it all into one, split it up into three and gave people an opportunity 
to not be unified anymore. So you had the, the duality of male and female, but now you also have an option to be neither. So you have the, this, this weird fragmentation that's happening symbolically along the ages. And, uh, you know, there's a weird push to recreate the unity consciousness through technology, which is basically the whole thing splitting in half again. So it's this weird, very fractal kind of essence, uh, a splitting apart and a regrowing within each center of all of these concepts that's happening. And it makes me wonder about the whole thing where we're being told that there's this other planet that we might populate sometime. It's being called Mars. Um, I, it just it really makes me wonder, guys, if this <clears throat> country that we're on or this this world that we're on was the previous uh, version, uh, you know, of a desert planet after something had happened, after something happened to that unity consciousness, um, you know, were they removed? Uh, did they leave? Uh, something changed drastically. And, and that's like the biggest struggle I'm having is trying to find like a a definitive source on what that thing happened that caused this great rebellion that allowed the influx of these monarchies to become the corporations they were and, and move unchecked into the world like we see today and, and allow, you know, essentially kind of a, a dark egregore to dominate uh, most things. I, I wonder what happened to lead to the downfall of that. Um, and, you know, symbolically in, in religion, we have the crucifixion of Christ, right? Um, so we have, yeah, so we have some idea of the concept that something happened, uh, but we're, we're just not allowed to understand what. And, man, it's I'm a, looking forward to that information coming out at some point. Well, isn't it interesting you talk about the schizophrenic nature of this um, construct of the simulation? And isn't, like science modern scientism really premised on the idea of splitting everything down into separate parts right it needs two poles right for the battery everything has to be bipolar what? well but then, I mean, then within that battery within that battery, battery you have them. yeah you break the battery or you know you, you get into the uh the the structure of the atom and then so you have many different parts and and they're always going up to cern right and they're they're uh you know breaking even more particles and finding out what's even further to be broken apart inward. Right. And, uh, you know, then in a, in a, from the mind point of view, we have this metaverse thing that they're looking right. to have a certain degree of consciousness embedded within voluntarily or, Elon, or Elon's brain chip. Right, Randy. Right. right. And, and so it's this weird schizophrenic right. nature of of what's going on in this place and it's very fractal that's the thing that's interesting yeah. to see happen is yeah. it's uh you know it's easy to look at it and go wow this is like dark and twisted and evil but i i think it's just the universe created and, and it's really weird when you're in it like when you're in it you're like wow you know this is dark and evil and and light and everything but it's it, it kind of comes back to vibratory harmonic you know, sympathetic physics, sympathetic vibratory physics. Um, the and, and this is why the souls that are vibrating with the higher self, I guess you call it, or, you know, the, the spiritual will begin to embed themselves further in the spirituality. Uh, those that are involved and, in the materialistic and Randy side. start to gather together. That's the thing I've noticed because even just starting the podcast, I mean, we were talking about it on our uh, patron call on Friday night that... You know, the 
like I started this show and I've started like attracting like-minded people and and you start to gather in these groups and start to have these yeah, in the midst in the midst of the separation yeah so so it's 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 super interesting and if it's like if you're asleep you won't catch it if you're asleep you won't see it you won't notice the beauty that's happening even through like all this madness yes it's absolute madness but you have an option to invest yourself in it and, and if you don't if you invest yourself in the reunification of consciousness, like we are kind of here, um, putting these ideas across to people is profound. You know, um, <laughs> I, I never, never could have uh, imagined, uh, you know, not, not only hearing some of these concepts, but understanding them and being able to extend them to others in a practical sense that's using history that we've been handed and adapting it to help others more clearly see their journey in themselves like it's it's mind-blowing and and yes more and more of us are are getting together and finding the right people it definitely took a pushing away of certain energies and and certain um attachments and things for sure to to roll out uh you know the investigation into this side of life um you know it doesn't come easily and i, and I hope people don't misunderstand uh you know that uh you know, all this, this woo woo talk uh, is coming directly in my part from experience, mm -hmm. uh, from personal experiences that I've had uh, mm -hmm. that have changed my life. Uh, and, and some of them fall in the category of indoctrinated possibilities like uh, UFO encounters, for example, I've had those. And it was so profound. It, it altered my entire trajectory uh, that following Later that week, I was speaking with Mark on my family thinks I'm crazy. Now I'm talking to all sorts of different people that are sharing a similar but very different perspective uh, in, in a very unique journey. I've since come to appreciate a lot more of what's going on and wonder bigger questions. Like, for example, with chemtrails, I see them spraying X's into the sky. And I've been looking a lot into ritual magic and stuff lately. I'm curious as to what these logos in our world are, what they're doing to us what is being pushed on people because I see the control it has. Mm -hmm. I see it. It's I see the control that some of these games have on my kids that, that games didn't have that big of a grip on me when I was younger. But then I also see the logos embedded in them. I see the sounds. I, I hear the harmonic of certain, you know, frequencies coming out of these games, just like I'm starting to see in certain people's YouTube videos and things. And these frequencies are keyed in to get you to deeply focus in whatever you're looking at. The become, combination of frequencies and colors, Randy, it's such a powerful thing. It's incredible. It's absolutely incredible. And, and, you know, but with that, the understanding that it can be used to do harm, I'm starting to learn that it can also be used to better myself and, and to do good with and for others. Um, and, and, you know, so my life has changed. I went from being completely almost like blackpilled, you know, after seeing the matrix growing up and then you know, aliens, uh, underground bases. I mean, all the dark stuff, fluoride. I mean, they're poisoning us. Oh my God. You know? So like all of these things just lead you to a pretty, pretty dark place and you want to run away. Um, maybe not, maybe it's not those specific things. Things just happen in life, lead us away. Um, but I think that we're only led away so that we can be led back in. Um, uh, because it's definitely come around for me. <laughs> so, you know, I, I just hope the best for all, all the others out there that are struggling and, you know, I think that that odds are Matt and and Matt and Matthew, uh, if folks are tuning in and being receptive to this information, whether it's on the alchemy of the soul or the old world, um, 
or, you know, because with the old world comes cymatics and comes alchemy comes, uh, you know, the, the mysteries of the cathedrals, right. And, and all of these beautiful things come from, Oh shit. What you mean? Uh, you mean an entire civilization was wiped off the face of the planet a few hundred years ago. How does that work? You know, that's pretty scary. That's pretty dark, <laughs> you know, and they've been telling us the earth is round and it's flat. Wait a minute. What? You know, so like that could take you and put you in a really dark place. And I think that it's designed to do that in a weird kind of way, um, much like everything we're being. But on the opposite end, once you break through that coding mm -hmm. and you're able to open up your mind to the possibilities that, hey, listen, there were pro there were likely giants here. There were likely fairies here. There were likely dragons, dragons Dude, here. Yes. <laughs> there were likely all of these magical things. And then just go out around you. Look at what this land without anyone touching it provides you it provides this you everything yeah this you version need. uh if you want to call it that of everything it's in, it's incredible uh you know started looking at just a hillside differently knowing that there's an entire embedded history layers and just that and i mean like we're not even not even layers like epochs ages um just untold amounts of time because you know if uh if as a vast majority of what we are sold and told growing up is a lie, then guess what? So is the linear, um, you know, the linear defeating nature of time that we were spun to understand as there was a beginning and an end, you know, I, I think that that's completely wrong. I think it's all ultimately almost infinite, whether this same piece of dirt I'm standing on has been physically underneath my foot, you know, for the last million years or whether it's been moved around by X amount of forces you know, who knows, right? But it's definitely existed. And even if it didn't exist, it was still a construct before it existed, a thought construct, because that has to be a thing. Because guess what? I can imagine something and then set out and create it. And if I can do that, then holy cow, there's got to be a bigger dimension or thing out there that is also able to do that because I am a fractal essence of something else yes. and, and so on. And it's mind blowing, dude. Absolutely mind blowing. And if you try to approach this with people who are not heavily invested in psychedelics, you might get a really blank stare a lot of the time. And it's unfortunate. <laughs> or at least shadow work of some sort, you know, and this is why individuality is so critical. Like you have to be able to do your own shadow work, you know, to understand yourself at a deep level and understand that the darkness is a guide. You know, how many people you were saying, like, how many people have like come to a place of enlightenment just in the last couple, two, three years for being locked down, for being told to socially distance, for, you know, being made to, you know, strap two, three face masks on their child so they couldn't breathe oxygen. They're breathing their own exhaust and getting sick because of that. Nobody wants to talk about it. And you're ostracized if you even bring it up. So right. yeah, or being being separated from everybody, all of your loved ones, all of your friends, everything. And then, you know, I mean, yes, it's kind of dark that we have to communicate, that we had to communicate through Zoom, right? But you see what is happening on the back end of this is we're all uh grouping our like minds together that I don't think this all would have happened without all that. I think it's and, a and yeah, it's a separation of the logical and the illogical right now. You know, those who want to live in this fantasy land where, you know, men are women, women are men, men are unicorns. You can be whatever you want to be. Fit, fine. And a Fitbit makes you fit. Like, yeah. No, you know, <laughs> yeah, no, and I think fit. that's what we're at. I think that's the, the, the rip in the fabric. The separation that we're seeing right now is, is that people are, yeah, in essence, separating and you're finding out who's like 
and who's not? Who who's coming with you in the next, you know, evolution and who's staying here? And it, it's interesting. You know, it, it makes me wonder, though, like, um, man, it, and, and you know, the, the recurring thought for me has been on um, uh, spontaneous human combustion. You know, uh, I wonder if that was just a different different method for a similar thing we're seeing now. And this this might get some bad press or whatever. But, you know, uh, in, in the circles of, of like the whole 5D Earth thing, right, you have this this idea that those people that are leaving this place now due to unforeseen circumstances, you know, evolving around a certain procedure, right? That was their out and they took it, uh, you know, and, and they're, they're just, they're essentially, they're done with this, this version. And they're, they're going on to the next one. Like we all do, uh, which is the, the big secret is we all exist after we die. That's the big secret, right? Um, that's the big thing. You're, that's the only reason for fear in this world. If, if you knew, if they told you from birth, listen, you're going to carry on after this thing you're in is gone. Uh, dude, YOLO wouldn't exist. All of this whole paradigm around us wouldn't exist. The need for a metaverse that people could live forever in wouldn't exist. So it, it's just like this fear mechanism in order to allow this other world to be created. And Isn't it the uh, idea of scarcity, like, you know, that life itself is scarce. Yep. Right. And without all that, we wouldn't have created this ne next fractal inward that we are this 2D universe, uh, you know, quantum com computational universe that is in many senses, quite literally just the next deeper, you know, realm. Right. It is within our realm. We, we facilitate, put on a, a helmet or download our consciousness into it into another further one so it's a dream within the dream and and we're forced to have a reason to create this secondary dream layer here and in order for us to even want to create this thing it'd have to get pretty bad out here you know and and it has we've had you know several hundred years of war um manufactured famine and i think all of these things are very manufactured because they have to be I don't think that if if we were just in, you know, on God's green earth, if you want to call it that, right, like uh, it just existing, there wouldn't be scarcity. They had to come over here, kill all the buffalo, cut down all the trees, create scarcity in order for us to have the mindset to want to create this thing that we're all a part of now. This maybe not all of us, but a lot of us, this metaverse, this next layer inward. Um, so it makes me wonder about the layer that we're in. What what did it look like outside of here? that they had to create, you know, what was it looking like for the gods that they were like, Oh man, we better create this next layer inward. And, um, you know, based on many spiritual practices, these gods have imparted a part of themselves into this that is helping us through this. Um, and this is, you know, gods being used loosely as, uh, you know, an insert for forces in the universe, right? If, if you're not big onto any, one religion, maybe you can understand that there are bigger forces at play than just our own sense of logic and, you know, our, our own sense of reasoning. There's there's more to it. There's unreasonable things and there's illogical things. <laughs> well, you know, and that that, also that's working. part of natural law, right, is is logic. And we've gotten away from logic and we've replaced it with emotion. And that that's a major 
issue with things nowadays because you cannot have you how can you solve problems if you can't have a logical discussion and it just gets emotional but when you look at logic matt it, logic uh you know it seems at some point in the past logic was tied to spirituality also like they were they were one in the same you had a spiritually logical situation and, and that seems to have been the last split that happened um and, and i think this would have been the time period where you know some of these technologies like these cathedrals and like these these power centers and all of this stuff uh you know when that that separation of spirituality and logic happened um you know you, you come from what we what we look at is like uh gosh like ancient times basically is what we're taught to believe that it is and maybe it was you know who's to say time is a, is a weird thing they've done a lot of messing with it it's really hard to peg down when this analog i call it the analog version of this reality happened right um they had gotten it seems based on the way that technology has been introduced to us all of this technology existed before and at a minimum it's larger more analog component right and uh and this this thing was played out all across the world maybe you know i've been having this this thought cross my mind is perhaps this is what was happening during what we know as the ice age Okay, and this is why it was steampunk. Everything had to be steam heated. We had an ice age. There was a necessity for certain things, and steam power was one of those things. Um, and keep in mind, this could be a parallel timeline, or just a piece of the akashic, or the ether, or an imaginary thing, right? But it's making its appearance through this Tartaria free energy steampunk. Um, you know, on the back of a, a cult steampunk following that has happened for the last thirty years. Uh, so it's it's interesting how this is bubbling up to the surface. Uh, it went from you know probably just a few hundred people or some cosplay folks, <laughs> you know, some some different uh, anime lovers and things like that. So now this thing is mainstream, and more people are showing belief and understanding in these concepts, these technologies. They're seeing the holes in what we see as like all right, patent office is burning down. Information on who did what is gone. Um, is there, is that a coincidence or is there a reason for that? Uh, you know, is there a reason that, is there a reason that, uh, there's so many of these baby pictures with airships, dude, like, or, or the tonight, tonight by the smashing pumpkins, number one music video, of what 1997, right? I was listening to that, reading the words, just dwelling over it the other night. And there's, you want to know why it won? Because it's an homage to the previous version. All right. Just like um, like the man in the or the a trip to the moon, 1902. OK, we have these homages to the previous version. Now we have this um, this uh, what's her name? Guy, who, who does all these these baby video, uh, these cabbage baby videos in, in 18. Was it 1897, Matt? Oh, yeah, yeah. Alice. Alice. Yeah. Guy. Alice Guy. OK, so, you know, so these are these are like the bidding of farewell. And the welcoming of a new age or a new version. Um, this is like, part like, look at this airship, Randy. It, it's lit up at night. Do you really think that these people just imagined all this crap up, drew it all up like this? Just like, come on. Like, and if they did, to me, as beautiful and dynamic as this world is, and as our minds are and our souls are, and how attached we are to each other, to the ether you know, everything, right? The Akashic, if you want to call it that, 
Um, I'm a firm believer in the informational field. I think that makes the most sense out of anything. And, um, and you know, that's what we are. That's what our body is. It's a field generator. That's, that's all it is. It's, it's a toroidal field generator. And what information we keep within this field dictates our perspective. Uh, it steers us, you know, it steers us, uh, our energy. Right. And, um, and, you know, contrary to that, when you have information presented and you invest in it, it puts a hold on everything. It, it gums you up. It gums up your works. You're not flowing anymore. You're, you're, in, you're cycling, you're cycling on this concept, this idea. Um, but then there are some ideas like the steampunk thing that flow through people. Um, and, Whereas when you look at history as it's been presented to us, it doesn't have a flowy feeling. It has a very limited, linear. I, I mean, it, I think it's designed that way to make us question, if you ask me, like, what's going on here? Um, none of the history that we've been handed ever made sense. It always had a structure to it that was just not random, um, you know, and, <laughs> and, it, and it made no sense. And, and so, you know, digging into this stuff, finding out technology, the backgrounds to technology, this is the biggest thing that I hope folks can take away is when you look at a piece of technology and it's as dynamic and complex as our, our average vehicle, computer, um, even the copy machine at work. I mean, each of these individual parts had to be considered, thought up by somebody, put into place and realized. Okay. And then for all of the technology we have now, and we're supposed to believe this stuff is falling off of spaceships or just like falling out of the sky. And we're seeing this and going, oh yeah, let's do that. Well, and, and then you look at a computer motherboard and then you look at the layouts of our cities and you it's, know, you start yeah, seeing it again. It's, it's replication. It's fractals. It's, it's almost like it's alive. Like this, these concepts are alive in, in this place and, you know, within us and, in the architecture and in these concepts now to me that that definitely screams more than like okay we were just slaves and hunter gatherers ten thousand years ago and you're supposed to tell me that all right, in the ten thousand years with only like what one two golden ages of a couple hundred years each we considered and thought up all of these things um <laughs> and, and then just like forced them on ourselves in the last few hundred years i don't think it works that way you know, I, I think that there's an underlying evolution to each concept that we've been handed from the get go, like been handed from about the 1800s or the 1900s, uh, whether it's Manly P. Hall or whether, you know, and if you've read any of his stuff, you look at the different layers of mystery schools that are embedded in, in some of his teachings and, and those secret teachings. And you're going, this had to clearly take longer than 3000 years, you know, 4000 years at most is, is the common understanding of where we stand, you know, spiritually uh, developed within our society, right? Before that, it was just shamanism. Like, no, I don't, I don't know about that. Look at all the different detail embedded in all these different cultures. I think what we're looking at is the leftover fractal essence of something much larger, you know, and it's, it's, uh, it's crazy. And, and I think we're seeing like a duplication or recreation of this culture movement happening when we had people start coming out with having their own avatars in their phones and on Xbox, right. You had your own avatar. Like suddenly one day it popped up and it's like, create your own avatar, put some special hair on them or, you know, some, some clothes, differentiate yourself from everybody. Right. So they're starting to condition people's minds into moving into the next 
call it, we will call it simulation because that's what it's going to be where you can be anything. So you've got to get, get the conscious, the collective conscious train to believing that it can accept and be anything before you roll that stuff out. Um, Wasn't it interesting that the farther back you look, the more intact things are, the more sophisticated, whether it's like agricultural practices or religion, sacred texts or architecture. Right. And so there's a big building up to that point that we're missing. Right. You know, uh, and and it's not. And who done it? We're handed ancient aliens, guys. We're handed ancient aliens. And then and then, you know, on the back of that today. Um, and, you know, I'm not trying to, to side too hard with EUR. I see what he's doing. I, I don't know about the way he's doing it. I think he's being a controlled op, if you ask me. Uh, the way that he's portraying the Shadow Rome theory and, and you know, entity, uh, I think he's doing it a disservice by, by flipping quite so hard. But I think that there's an element to what he's doing that is necessary. So that's cool. You know, more power to him. He's playing the opposite side, and we do need that. And we need the devil's advocate. Uh, in, in all situations to help us better understand what's going on on both sides. But, um, but, you know, I, I think that he's right about a certain amount of the Tartaria push um, and certain subjects embedded within that movement are, are being pushed. When I see something that's just thrust by Instagram or, you know, thrust out there by YouTube, I, I got to ask, what is this? What role is this playing mm-hmm. in this information warfare that we're engaged in? Um, and, but then when I see things that aren't pushed as hard, but really I get profound responses to, I'm like, oh, okay, I'm on to something here. Even if a couple people, uh, I might get a comment, you know, about a, a detail in somebody's small town, you know, across the country that lines up with something I'm looking at here. And I'm like, oh, okay, cool. You know, it's not just here. It's, uh, and odds are when you see something in your own neighborhood or you see something that's out of place, uh, there is you know, a duplicate fractal version of it in the next town over. That's, it seems to be the way that this thing is built. And that's, what's crazy about this whole thing, Randy, and, and be doing the podcast and having, you know, I, <laughs> I laugh because I have an international reach. It's, it's hilarious to think, you know, mm-hmm. but at the same time, I have people in St. Petersburg that are walk, you know, Russia that are walking downtown, taking pictures of old world buildings, showing me some of the architecture, showing me the bridges, statues. And it's such an amazing thing because like you're saying, it's a fractal because the same stuff that's over there was over here in at certain periods of time before they destroyed it. And some of it's kept, some of it's here still, but some of it's not and long gone. And it's, it's just so amazing to connect with people worldwide and and find out and you're starting to see now with more people looking at this stuff that more of it's coming out now too and and more so I got it's being uncovered. I got something for you here Matt um if I could share real quick here Let's see if I can Do-do-do. uh <clears throat> I'll just share my screen real quick hold on Okay, so you know we we're talking about fractal antennas and things, right? Yep. Um, and and this kind of just branches off of what you guys were talking about last time. And you know we see these antennas on the tops of these buildings with just bunches of electrodes and sticks and stuff all branching off of them, right? This is so. Shape this power. is this is from Shape Power by uh, Dan A. Davidson, and I, I urge it, I urge anybody to go take a look at this. He gets a 
little bit into the uh, metaphysical, which which is fine. I, I personally hey, think and any anybody that wants to read this, I have this on my Patreon page for free. Um, anybody can go. It's on the public page. So go to Patreon.com, Great Deception Podcast, and you can get this book, Shape Power, there. And, you know, there's some interesting little gems in here. Uh, this one I wanted to bring to everybody's attention because it's demonstrating that electrostatic field uh, can be carried by organic materials uh, in addition to things like styrofoam. And, and really the conductivity of the energy lies in the shapes that we're seeing. And uh, so with this example, we have a two-inch diameter styrofoam ball. We have nine wooden chopsticks stuck into this styrofoam ball so anybody at home could do this right and um you know it would amplify it if they spiraled some copper coils around these these sticks and then have a ball of copper so you could just imagine the amplification that would come with the metals being added but uh electrostatic field individual chopsticks have 40 volts per meter uh so with nine chopsticks into the ball it generates 250 volts per meter uh the magnetic field one inch from the ball, there's one milligoss. So just this shape is creating, you know, a, a flow of electricity um, based on the laws of, you know, static electricity. So, so there's, I mean, there's, there's, there's that. And, you know, I'm relatively certain if you were to set out onto the internet and try to find information on this, you might only find this, but it seems to me that since this Tartaria and old world, and fractal antenna situation has become more and more widely understood and thought of. We're seeing the emergence and the, and the pushing of the information we're seeking. So guess what, guys? Seek and ye shall find, right? Ask and that shall be given unto you. So it's up to us to, to ask the questions. It's up to us to dig into the narratives that we find interesting or suspect or any of that stuff. Because in setting that ball into motion... Things like this become readily available. And this has probably only been in the last few years that I've ever heard of this, this book or this concept being uh, of any kind of, you know, wide reach. But I got a couple of other like old world things. Um, well, we've got the bricks turned into batteries and folks can find that on my YouTube channel. So go check that out. i will do a shameless plug there for a second. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> let's, let's see here. Uh, we got some other things and I wanted to point this out and we're going to start with the list of the world's fairs. Cause this is like everybody's favorite, right? This is a catalyst moment for everybody. Now I, I did one uh, recently on like 1891. So I was like way off. I thought that I'd got the most recent or the, uh, the oldest one, but guys, I was only looking at 1891 and I was tying the Habsburgs into that. So that the general land centennial exposition, which was a hundred years in, but if we go back, 1791, guys, oh, my gosh, look at this thing. Uh, 1791. So for this occasion, Mozart, guys, wrote his final opera. Can you believe that? What are the chances of that, right? He wrote his final opera. Was this even a person? This is what I got to wonder at this point. The same with Napoleon and all of these. Or was this even a family? So that's here's, the, here's the two-headed eagle here. That's fascinating that the first one was in Prague, because <clears throat> um, Prague is the only city, um, I may have this not exactly right, but one of the only old world cities in Europe that wasn't bombed and destroyed during World War II. Yeah, look at this place. It's incredible. It's Absolutely incredible. Uh, here's the Baroque Library Hall. 
I mean, you know, so there's an entire era of guys that were missing that facilitated all of this. Look at this place. Unbelievable, you know? And, uh, and so this, they leave us these little gems. Now, here's the interesting thing. Uh, this is 11th century, uh, the chapel dedicated to St. Clement. A Dominican monastery was founded in the medieval period, supposedly, right? The 15th century and was transformed in, get this, 1556 into a Jesuit college. So the 1500s, guys, are key to what happened to create this paradigm where everything is so divisive that we find ourselves in today. Um, um, before that, it seems to have been a unity base, which facilitated mm -hmm. all of this beauty. Now, Randy, by contrast, if you can look up real quick the dancing building in Prague, just do a quick Google, uh, search for that. <clears throat> and you're going to see what what the, the, global, dancing lady building? the globalist empire uh, has in mind. Is because it the dancing lady? The dancing, maybe it's called the dancing lady building. Oh, wow. That monstrosity. Now, that was built on a site that was um, a very important. <laughs> yes, that's that's what. Wow. <laughs> that's oh, what wow. Yeah. Relation has to I love offer. it. That's it yes. listening. It's like a curved building. It, it looks like a building that melted. It's well, a, you know, and I've seen yeah. I've seen some versions of this in the Baroque style or in that Gilded Age style that had only windows that were twisted like that. And I thought I was looking at, you know, some kind of a misprint. It's like a Dr. Seuss type thing. Now, this is one the one site that was that was bombed by the United States during World War II. And that's what they built in its place. <laughs> it's it's almost I mean, not almost <laughs> look it's, at it's that. a mock to mock the, the. Yeah, look what's right behind it. Yeah. The harmony. Wow, dude. That's, that's exactly so right. out of place and unnatural. Look at these windows look like they're just hanging off. It's disjointed. It's just an awful monstrosity. And but this wow, is supposed to be one of the most important buildings of the 20th century. That's what we're told. Well, it's like got lotto numbers on it. <laughs> <laughs> Today's lotto numbers are right. a good time. Call. Yeah. Oh, look yeah. at it. I bet you these are uh, I bet you these are cell phone antennas, too. Beautiful. It's like a decrepit bird's nest. So that's in the midst of Prague. <laughs> or a crown of thorns, right? Yeah. Ooh I'm telling you. Yeah. So Prague guys, um, it, it's something else. And, and uh, now this, this Czech library of course is invested into by UNESCO. And then we have the memory of the world. By the way, I'm going to Prague in April. Nice. Man. Bring your camera. I will. I'll bring. <laughs> That's epic. So there's this thing guys called the memory of the world and it's UNESCO. Right. Where have we heard UNESCO before? These are the histories, the, the keepers of history. Right. The world and, heritage. Uh, world heritage, the memory of the world. Now, there's a program they have in place called the Memory of the World Program. And here's the story with it. Facilitates preservation of the world's documentary heritage, particularly in areas affected by conflict and or natural disaster. So these are the recreators of the history that we are all sold in our school system. And uh, of course, they're going to because they're the good guys remember this enable universal access to documentary heritage worldwide okay this is why when you see a narrative coming out and you see something pushed or you see something widely available you need to understand who the people are behind it that are making this stuff available for you yeah between these folks and the smithsonian 
there's a massive pile of information out there that's just plain wrong and one-sided. So, uh, you know, that being said, I'm not vouching for any side of the story uh, because they're all just sides. So, uh, but, you know, and they're doing the same thing that, that the Smithsonian is. Uh, I was reading the Smithsonian contributions to knowledge and their, their preface explains how they're doing exactly this thing. Uh, it should be permanently accessible to all without hindrance. Right. So, uh, yeah. And these are the same people that sit on the history of the, uh, the folks that were living in Louisiana and Monroe County, the, uh, the most ancient oldest, you know, people in the, uh, in the world, uh, Aboriginal people. And it's like, a. a uh, darker complected folks from Louisiana. So, you know, there's a lot of information they're sitting on that is just and right. Uh, but you got to keep in mind, like when this whole shift happened in the 1500s to the 1800s, a lot of people were displaced by these others who came in. Like, so there was a, a bunch of people, uh, you know, who originally facilitated this monastery and resided there and worked there. And then they were taken over in 1556 by a Jesuit college. So there's definitely a shift that happened there. And I think when we see all of these war wars happening after that, um, you know, I, I got to say all of those wars that happen after that are in direct response to these people taking over a bunch of stuff. And uh, so it's a shift into this corporate slavery that we're in today. Uh and the Jesuit college helped facilitate that. And it's, uh, it's interesting, man. Uh, so that's that one. Let's see here. Then we've got the, the Colossus back here, pinning down the dragon. And, uh, there was another one I wanted to pull up. I don't know if you've ever heard of this, Matt. Uh, this just kind of randomly came up, came up in 1890, the hundred years flood it's called. I haven't had a chance to dig into this at all. Um, but like, you know, the only story they have on it is this bridge that they had to rebuild. But like, why would you call it the hundred years flood? Hmm. Yeah, you know what I've I mean? Unless something was unless something was happening. And this is in the Prague underground tour. So maybe take a look into this, Matt, when you get out there for Matthew. Hmm. Uh, you know, I it, they've got an underground tour place. Um, maybe we can I will definitely be looking into that. Maybe we could dig into into what they've got on their little online museum here real quick. But, you know, I never heard of this before today. I was looking at 1891, uh, you know, for for that video I was doing last week. And uh, I had this pop up and I'm like, I've never seen this or heard of this. And I've been looking at these dates over and over again for the last you know year and a half. And I had still never heard it. Um, but we have. Uh, yeah, they, they say supposedly this flood devastated this Charles Bridge on 9-3-1890. Cannons alerted the citizens that the water was rising quickly. That's an interesting thing to say. That they all oh, they they only shot the cannons to warn the people. I, I don't know about that. That's just like them, uh, you know, blowing up everything to stop the fire. You know, so we have the yeah, same yeah. thing happening over there. <laughs> and uh, why you would call it the Hundred Years Flood? Well, and you know, then and then you get into it down below, Randy. Even the, it says the repair of the Charles Bridge after the flood in 1890 took a lot of manpower and a lot of time. Okay, obviously, but then it says dynamite had to be used as well as steam-powered machines. Like, yeah. yeah so it's, you know, and if these were the same people that had built all this in the first place, they would know how to rebuild it. Yeah, you know, uh, if a flood wiped out a lot of it, they would just reestablish it and rebuild it. But there was a changing of the times that was happening. You know, there was um, a push to 
to brutalism like we see now, um, you know, and what that egregore or that force is that is pushing everybody to brutalism and that twisted building we were looking at a moment ago and all that stuff, you know, is, uh, is, is interesting. And, you know, when, when they paint the medieval time as this really dark twisted place with nothing happening, but torture, you know, and execution and all this, I think that this is a lie guys. Mm -hmm. I think that this medieval time is the steampunk time we're looking for, Mm -hmm. but it's, Oh yeah. And this is the time when Europe is being invaded. Right by the Muslims, and that's I, I think that's why which they came have... out of the east, which came out of the east after China had reformed. Yes, because you know, and be, and and what's interesting, man, this goes right into the Lord of the Rings. Right? What do we have? We have evil starting in the east, finding its way west, eventually making its way all the way to the Shire, which I think is representative of North America. So, oh. you know, I, I think that there's there's something in all of these aspects, all of these these things are telling whether it's hg wells or you know jr tolkien i think that there's something that can be gained from all of these things that have have been pushed in our faces and they've capitalized on us for right like that's the whole thing is like we're being fed pieces of our true past and being made to pay for them and and being made to buy a ticket you know or buy the book you know what I mean? Uh, meanwhile, all the stuff that's paid for and free is all bullshit. You know, all the stuff we're fed in school. I mean, if you knew what kids are, are learning in school nowadays, the way that they look at themselves in relation to others and gender and this and that and mental status and everything else, like <laughs> that establishment is is clearly not doing anybody any favors. And uh, but that's the free stuff, guys. We, you know, that's just the free stuff. We got to buy our own past. We had a bit of a confrontation in our house around this agenda being pushed to our, you know, I've got three boys. The youngest one is 12 and he came home and they've all got this, you know, the school sanctioned laptop. And he shows us uh, they're in their social studies class. Um, they're doing gender dysphoria instruction. He's 12. Social studies. Social studies used to be history when I was a kid. Right. So they so the instructor, well, the the instruction was that, you know, boys can be girls and girls can be boys. You can choose any any identity that you want and nobody can tell you different. When I read that in front of him and my my wife, I picked up I just like I went blank. I picked up the laptop and I snapped it in half. <laughs> and he, yeah. of course was frozen See, I, like what oh, did you do that i had to buy him a new laptop but it was worth it to, for the <laughs> i was I like this it. is all it takes you just that's gotta it. break the cord but that's it and that that's how exist anymore. that's how easy it is isn't it matthew i mean you think about it all you have to do is just you don't have to engage mm -hmm. we can yeah. disengage from this but we've been indoctrinated and programmed to believe that the only way to exist is through the system you have and to, and to react and to react when we think we feel differently or think we know differently all we've been yep. taught is to react and conflict with that system mm -hmm. um you know we're told pay attention we're never told ignore we're never taught ignore ignore there's a lot of situations in life where you should be ignoring everything that's coming your way. But we are not taught that. We are taught to pay attention and to sit up straight and uh, stop talking, you know, <laughs> and uh, and, uh, you know, all of those things that we're taught, which impulsively as a child, we fight and rebel against. That's the natural state of things. Uh, I think that that was previously in this uh, 
I don't know, I wouldn't call it Gilded Age, but in this, you know, medieval time, right, where this dark period, I don't think it was dark at all, guys. I I think that this is the missing portion that we are all looking for in this Tartaria movement. Um, It's being spun as, as, you know, only having ruins that were being explored. When we hear tales of exploration in these periods, we're taught of people arriving to ruins or buried cities. Um, I think that there were functioning cities. I think that there were, you know, there was, there was infrastructure that facilitated all of this beautiful machinery, all all of the things we come to take for granted today. Like you go in, in, in your bathroom at work and, and look at this automatic paper towel dispenser and think about that. Look at this thing and see how many pop it open and look at all the parts in there that, you know, are operating. It would take a clocksmith, right in 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 times past to construct that thing so logically um you know you, you realize a lot of these concepts came from before the time of computation okay uh the ideas for gears and and mechanisms and things came from human ingenuity at some time in the past and then we've relegated them since into into uh you know programs in a computer that just generates them for us but at some point there was a building of all of that information and that's what's hidden in the dark ages. That's, you know, what's being kept from us um, under the guise of all of these horrible, horrible things. Now, do I think that the, you know, witch burning and stuff didn't happen? No, I do think that the em- em- elimination of those old peoples did happen. It, it definitely seems to have happened. Um, whether we're looking at all of the bones under the cathedrals in Europe or whether we're looking at, you know, all of the burial mounds that have been excavated and stolen by the Smithsonian. Uh, there's evidence to suggest that, you know, yes, there was something and we are just denied information about it. And uh, it really makes me question what we're coming up with, with like these archive releases of a lot of this information on Tartaria and uh, the direct correlation between Tartaria and what we've come to understand are like Mongolians and the way that the Khanate and, and the ranking of Kings is uh is attributed to two separate control structures we have the european kings and then we have the tartarian kings or the khans right but embedded within all of this stuff uh is we've also got the um the habsburg family which last name is khan so, you know, I got to ask myself, wait a minute, what's going on here? And they all seem to be pushing for the same agenda, the same re- reformation of people um, that, that has happened over the whole world. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's just crazy. Um, but this, this Habsburg family goes back to 10, 1096, uh, something like that. And, uh, you know, in addition to that, they had their hands in what was called the Sultanate of Rum, uh, R-U-M. Which, you know, in my book, that's just about as close to Rome as you're going to get. And it's the two-headed eagle and it's a sultanate, which would have been like a Turco, Turkish, uh, you know, Turkish-based kind of group of people, you know, if we're talking ethnicity. So these were, these were just rulers, uh, you know, the same ruling class that was spread everywhere. So this thing existed everywhere, this federation, um, this empire. So we, we seem to have pivoted be- between empire and trade federation and and then it seems like we're on our way back to empire okay because like we were a trade federation for several hundred years at least 
Um, we saw the end of that with the, the fall of Tartaria and that Prince Amidala looking lady, the Boxer Rebellion in China. So that was like that was like a, a usurpment of the Trade Federation. What came in after that was this Habsburg family, Germanic uh, origin. Um, you know, there was some kind of an uprising within the empire uh, and maybe several uprisings, um, one of which being like kind of the Jesuit led order of indoctrination and things. So maybe they were all part of the same thing, but playing a different part. You know, you have the Jesuit order pushing the religious kind of anti-spiritual, anti-pagan, anti-earth, anti-connection uh, stuff over here. And then you had, you know, the, the thing changing from a kingdom or like a serfdom over to uh, an indentured servitude, which seemed to have been in play when it was a trade federation. You, that was what you did when, when you were young, you were indentured to somebody to learn their trade. You learned their trade. You learned how to, how to handle things, how to construct technology, do whatever you're going to do, uh, erect buildings, what have you. You learned that you were an apprentice for 10 to 20 years or 10 years became a journeyman. And then you paid off, you know, your, your master because you learned from that master. That's, that's how a master servant relationship used to work at some point in the past was, and you, and you were gaining thing, something. That's one thing that came to me today, Randy, when I started looking at it is, is the word servant and how it's gotten such a negative connotation but in reality, that's what we should be called because we're serving the greater good. If you, if you think right. about it, you know, right. and that's, yeah. and but they've, that's they've, what brings growth. It really they, does. Yeah, they've anointed know? it with like slave almost. They've, they've associated it with um, with either slavery um, or it's a bad thing to be self-serving. There's all kinds of twisting going on with that it's that server or that slave, the slave terminology. We, we lean it to uh, racism. You know, we tie it to racism uh, and being directly in crossed over with skin color and all of this. But I, I think it's it's more dynamic than that. I think it was a social paradigm that and at some point in the past, maybe it changed. Right. And people took advantage, which I'm sure has happened. Um, but at some point in the past, it seems that a servant master relationship was a mutual relationship. It was contractual to some degree. Um, and it, far enough back in the past, it wasn't a written contract. It was, you know, a moral obligation. Like that's, you know, you gave your word and, and you did that. And you may have given your word for any number of reasons. You might've been broke and had nothing and needed a place to stay. And this guy had a castle. So guess what? You sign up in his, you know, in his uh, fiefdom or kingdom or you know, um, Connate, right? You sign up for this guy. He's got more resources. You want some resources and you don't want to have to work quite so hard for him. So, you know, you say, hey, yeah, listen, I'll till your field. You're going to give me some of what I pull out of the field. Awesome. And then it got to a point where I don't know if population, you know, overcame the you know, or just scarcity was uh, invented. <laughs> Maybe is what happened. Scarcity became invented or we had situations like maybe some floods and things that took away a lot of those resources and, and, you know, caused uh, an uprising or a turbulent effect within society because these people who were, you know, enslaved to these masters were no longer getting whatever they were contracted to get back from the master. And because the master didn't have anything, the fields were flooded. How am I going to give you anything? The fields are flooded. Guess what? You guys all get together, grab your swords and stuff. We'll go take some shit from the next guy. 
And, you know, then at some point it just kept happening. People started realizing and getting a thirst and a hunger for power. How long in the past is anybody's guess, right? But, you know, this, this way that. And that's, that's a key thing though, is, is not being able to even put a finger on ballpark of when. Right. right? And I think that it's just happened over and over again. Exactly. Uh, And I think that if you were were to go a thousand years ago, you might see the same thing happening 10,000 years before that. And I think that it just, you know, perpetual uh, and is, is happening now. We have a branch of people leaning into their own freedom and and their own um uh, sovereignty we see that coming back around it's making an appearance there's a lot of people moving towards that there's a lot of interesting things happening in science what i actually call science or consider science like physics the physics side of things the, the legitimate understanding of the dynamics of the universe not uh theory you know not theory not uh einstein and theory and that stuff but you know genuine working into these problems um, you know, the cymatic or frequential side of things right now is blossoming. It's unfortunately for most of us is going to be, you know, incredibly expensive to access for most people for an extended period of time. But um, I mean, look at how expensive televisions were, uh, flat screen TVs were 10 years ago. So there's, you know, if we want it to happen in 10 years, if we as a, as a collective or enough of us decide that we want to take a different approach to healing or a different approach to energy. We have an opportunity to, uh, you know, help, help to create all of this uh, collectively. Uh, but we have to first, you know, detach ourselves from this illusion that we can't or that we shouldn't, or that uh, in, like in the Tartaria situation or that high technology and frequential energy led to their downfall and caused these mud floods. Right. So like there's a there's a reason that that dynamic is being pushed. Like did these people short out their own system and wipe themselves off the face of the earth? You know, all of that scare tactic. Yeah, it Guess goes what? back to the whole Icarus idea, right? Getting too close to the sun, you're going to melt. Yeah, you better and- you better not do that, but yep. the sun is pure love and energy, so you don't want to get close to that, right? Like, you know, that whole thing. <laughs> but um, you know, so it's it's like a double-edged sword what we're seeing presented and handed to us now through this old world movement. It's like, okay, Here's all their stuff, but guess what? What if they caused a giant arc bolt to come down from the sun and and just scour the face of the earth because they're using free energy, man? You know, I've heard that one thrown around. Uh, yeah. Or or that the controllers got the free energy and just wiped out a big swath of people. Personally, I think that people are more than happy to do that to each other. So I don't think you would need a giant uh, sky laser to to create the decimation that we see having happened recently, at least, you know, these fires, these worlds, I think people setting fire could easily, easily create the firestorms that we're looking at in the 1890s could easily be the reason that all this stuff happened. Um, and it wouldn't take much, some kerosene, some dirigibles, a uh, couple of dudes with a bad attitude, a mirror, and that's it, you know, lens. You know, and and it doesn't matter. And I mean, I don't even think you would need to go that technical on it, Matt. I think you give people some Molotov cocktails and put them in a drivable balloon and, uh, you know, nobody knows they're coming and it's the middle of the night. And we know they had Greek fire in the Civil War. So, I mean, what's to say you weren't dropping Greek fire out of these dirigibles? Or even high explosives. These were real things. You know, Um, these companies that we like to believe have only just come around in the 1940s, like like. uh, like Farben, uh, like IG Farben and things like, listen, 
just because they were established as a legitimate titled company back in the 19-somethings doesn't mean they weren't a collective group before that. It absolutely does not. 50 years before that, their great-grandparents would have been hanging out with each other and would have been up to the, probably the same no good. You know, they yeah, would have they been just incorporated. That. That's the only difference. And didn't so, Nobel of the uh, Nobel Prize fame, didn't he invent dynamite and all that? Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, I'm, I'm wondering what the, the process leading up to him claiming that <laughs> was, though, you know. but um, He was involved with explosives. Well, and that's the crazy thing. Like, explosives. Yeah, and, and you know, this this era of uh, of the gold rush and, and just this massive shift in, and change in society that we see is just incredible, especially if you look into it and you realize the technology that was available, even if it was only available to a select few, you know. Um, so maybe dirigibles weren't flying all around in the sky like we have airplanes today. Um, maybe they were. Maybe they yeah. were, right. Yeah, I, I'd imagine they probably were. You had people that needed to move people to other places. They needed money and so on. And uh, the only time that that dirigible business stopped was when they put out that fear porn of the Hindenburg. Mm. Then suddenly you could not get a noble or a lightweight noble gas straight from water with electricity. That's where they just they cut it off. They cut it oil. They cut it off. They said, or are you going to get it from helium, which is mined, Mm. right? Um, Or or created out of hydrogen uh, via synthetic process. So, you know, they uh, that's when they grab the market by the balls, you know, and they're like, okay, uh, we're no longer going to allow people to, first of all, use free energy. Guess what? That free energy combined with water creates hydrogen, creates dirigibles, creates freedom for these people. You know, for many people, if they had the initiative to put it all together, that's the thing, Um, you know, that I I think that people have this idea. Well, at least I know I did of this like utopian Tartarian society, you know, where everybody has a dirigible and they're all just running around on pedaling like a, a bicycle on a balloon and just motoring on around the sky, all around the city. Listen, you would have to build it yourself, most likely back in these times, you know, we didn't have manufacturing plants pumping out Ford model T's until the 1900s. So you didn't have mass production the same way you do today. Does it mean it was not produced at all? No, it means it was a very personal thing. It was, it was a very love filled endeavor to create your own dirigible or your own clockwork, right. Or your own, any of these other things that you've studied most of your life, being a servant to a master, right. Who taught you how to do all of this stuff. And then you took it on your own and you freed yourself. You went and built your dirigible and floated all around until some power shift happened. Someone decided oh, enough's enough. Um, we can control these people. So, so here's the thing that had to happen. They had to have a method of control. Um, I think there was already in place through the cathedral, like we were looking at earlier. They already had some idea of the harmonics that were necessary, the shape power that was necessary to get into the minds of people the you know cymatic frequencies or uh you know vibratory essence of the sounds that they were creating in these churches and they were finding out over trial and error as they were presenting their sermons to these people they were finding out that holy crap i can almost say anything to these people when that organ's playing or after that organ plays or after those bells chime, and they'll eat it right up. And over time, people started to find this out. 
And then the wrong people started to find this out. And then it just snowballed. It, it developed a life of its own. And, you know, that's the fruition of what we understand as, uh, you know, social engineering today. Like that's, you know, it had to start somewhere uh, and it probably had a very humble beginning. Like um, somebody just noticing when those bell chime people were more easily convinced to buy something at the grocery store in town after that bell chimed, right? Like he always got a rush. The meat market always had a rush right after the noon bell, you know, or so there would, there would be social cues that people would notice and people would decide to take advantage of them or the, the um, uh, vizier, you know, of the Royal house or of the master's uh, domain whoever was in town being the eyes and ears for that master would pick up on these things if they were paying attention. And they most likely would pay attention because they would be well-fed, well-watered and well-informed. So, <laughs> you know, yeah. meanwhile, most of the people out there are just not. So that, that's my thought on it. And uh, I, I don't know that there was ever like, you know, an incredible utopia where like all of the bells were being used for good. I, I like to hope so. I like to believe that, there was a lot of healing going on, but I think that um, after a while, you know, people realize that they can profit from something, so they don't give it away. Uh, we kind of see that today, but you have to, you have to, you have to keep yourself afloat. You know, you have to have that respect in yourself to, you know, create something for yourself and to invest in yourself and to, uh, I guess, allow others to invest in you also. Uh, otherwise, you wouldn't have the money for the clockwork or the dirigibles or the things that you wanted to do or the ideas you wanted to explore and things like that. Yeah. And there's always been the haves and the have nots, I think, even even in a utopian society, so to speak, as we picture it. I yeah, think we'd still have farmers. We would yes. still have farmers outside of the city walls, even in these star cities. You're still going to have, you know, a, a vast majority of your buildings outside of the city walls, which there were some definitely. Um and those may have been the ones that needed to be brought down via war or what have you so that the city could expand. So what do you do? You stage a war, you pay an enemy to come in, knock at your gate, create a ruckus. All the farmers suddenly have to flee into the city. Uh, then you you know, have the opposite party just demolish all of their residencies. Then you expand your city outward. And guess what? Those people that lived in those homes are grateful that you're giving them a six by 10 apartment in the city instead of their big farm that they just used to live on as they were serving you. And they become a different type of servant. Then over time, this turns into a big thing where you just have a city cram full of people. Everybody's subservient to this dude at the top of the hill. And, uh, you know, perhaps all of these dudes at the top of the hill were some form of caliphate or Roman, uh, you know, dictator or, or what do you call it? Uh, governor. Um, and I say Roman, when I say Roman people, I don't mean, you know, Rome, as we've come to understand it, I mean, the socialist republic underlying everything. Uh, it's underlying all of our government today. It was most likely underlying everything and part of the overall government in the past. Um, we at least have some idea of that based on the two falls of Rome that we've come to understand uh, based on you know our current narrative and paradigm timeline. There has been at least two falls of Rome. So that suggests that the power structure reached such a point that it had to be knocked back down again. And I think we're getting close to that point again, where, where it's, it's right there at the top. <laughs> and, uh, and so then we have the, uh, the distractions thrown our way. 
Yep. And we got direct we got direct portals to distractions in the palm repeated of over and over and over. Man. We don't got to go to church. We don't got to go to the cathedral. Yeah. <laughs> we have the bells. We don't have. We got our bells rung every day, dude. Yep. Like, well, you, you get know? your frequency through the mirror, right? The that's black it. mirror gives us it, all dude. the frequency that you need to keep you in that lower vibrational frequency that they want to keep us in that disjointed, that diseased state. You know, so. Guys, this has been awesome. Unfortunately, I gotta I gotta <laughs> bounce to a, another show at the bottom of the hour here. Uh, I want you guys to get plugs in and all that stuff. Yeah, definitely. Hey, dude, I appreciate you letting me be long winded, man. I, I've I've had a lot of a uh, lot of time to dig into a lot of this stuff, so I appreciate being able to speak on it with you guys. And uh, you know, we'll have to get into some more of the shape power stuff sometime, Matthew, so that uh, so we can dig into this because yeah. I'm I'm finding it incredible when and knowing what you do for a living. I'm just enthralled with the way that you are manipulating uh, this very living thing that is that is geometry. You know, I think it's incredible. So we'll have to dig into that some more. But I'm glad we were able to to hit a few of these uh, these things. But uh, yeah, dude, the bells, the cathedrals, the shape, uh, sympathetic vibratory physics, um, and control. These things are all directly intertwined with each other. Well, it's it's fascinating to look at cathedrals as like uh, loose collectors of some sort. Um, you know, you're making me rethink a lot of things. The the simulacrum or the you know versus the um, hologram holographic universe. Um, so I learned a lot. <laughs> I got a little carried away today, guys. But man, I've been holding on to some of that stuff. So I'm glad to be able to share it. Yeah, no, it's all fascinating. Um, we're all learning as we go. We're sharing notes. And I think this is just an amazing process. I'm just really happy to be part of it. Um, yeah, Matt, again, thank you for facilitating this. Oh, definitely. Yeah, this love, is brother. great. This is the, see, this is, these are the kind of discussions I can't have with normal people in my life. So <laughs> that's why yeah. I love this. You know, like I said, this podcast has been a blessing because all this great information, you know, Randy, I know you're, you go long winded, but it's such fun information. You know, I, I sit here and I listen and I'm like, I don't want to chime in because I'm into it, you know, and, and it's such fascinating information and it involves everything in our lives. It touches every aspect. It touches everything that we do if, without us paying attention to it, without us even knowing it. And that's, it's a, it's a mind screw when you get down to it. Yeah. Yeah. And doing your work, doing your shadow work and, and like, I was before, like when you can, when you do the people that are doing their own shadow work, right. Are, are much more able to receive and be open to this kind of information, I think, because it does well, get a little dark. And, it's and like that's what I found. See that as a guide to the light. It's, it's exactly what I found. I wasn't, you know, spiritual or full of faith when I came into this, but going through the darkness that I've, you know, read and uncovered and I'm more faithful now than I've ever been in my life. You right. know, I, I feel a greater connection to the the creator, the one than I ever have before. Um, and it's through That's this, awesome. I love you know, that. it's through this Swords information, about. you know, it's, it's such a beautiful thing that it, 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 it elevates you almost in a sense. It gets your mind out of the the low vibrational frequency and it gets you up in those higher, higher vibration. And you start attracting like-minded people 
And then the thoughts evolve. And that's what I've noticed, right? I mean, like I tell people, and I got this from Owen Benjamin, I may be wrong, but I'm not lying. You know, (laughs) I, 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 I'm going to present you what I believe or what I've read at the time. And it may be right or wrong, but that's not on me at the time to to to, to decipher. Like I'm not giving no, it to you in a false sense. Yeah, you just you just got to be it. open. You got to be open to the the next rebuttal and and the next piece of new information. And yeah. and it's always it's well, always going to take you where you least expect. And that's why I like the whole uh, Ewar spin because it made me reevaluate my you know my work that I'd done and 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 go back and double check some of the stuff like you know was this just kind of riding the wave of what everybody else was putting out there or do it, did, was it factually based yeah. and that Usually makes it causing us to do our homework and sharpen our pencils and, and that's what it is and those those people that that got so super emotional like freaked out when he did it they're they're oh, he, he lost like 40,000 subscribers or something like yeah. that like some ridiculous amount dropped off real quick yeah and uh you know i was just glad that he came up with the the shadow roam thing that's something that's been kind of eating at me looking at all of this looking at uh you know a montezuma wearing roman sandals and, and you know portrayed as a wearing a toga and like all this stuff and it's like wait so wait this is the same thing and then you start looking at egregores matthew and and thought constructs and you're going wait a minute whoa you know and so it blows the ancient alien thing the tangible nut and bolts ancient alien thing out of the water because these things don't have to physically exist these gods these you know aliens these Mm -hmm. entities they don't have to exist because we we create them that's the whole point of us being here and it's incredible like we're creating all of this all this beauty and we just got to want to look at it you know we got to want to look at the beauty yeah through the pain (laughs) That's the truth, man. And, and, and Hey, that's a great spot to wrap up. Randy, let, let everybody know where they can find your stuff. Yeah. Much love everybody. Um, um, random Randy, and you can find me on YouTube at random frats. Uh, it's the same as the Instagram finally got my YouTube channel where it's titled. So that's nice. That took some doing. Uh, so yeah, youtube.com slash at random frats, uh, on Instagram at random frats. And, uh, yeah, man, dude, I, I really appreciate it. Uh, I've been doing the solo thing for a minute. We'll continue to do that. That's kind of my weekly therapy to dig into something, to just kind of follow where the flow takes me. Uh, a lot of the flow comes from looking at like a Wikipedia page and jumping into some stuff, like some of the stuff I demonstrated here tonight. Uh, but then other stuff just kind of comes from pondering, you know, so I, I ur- urgently uh, urge everybody out there to think about things, you know, and, and what they mean to you and how, how, you can adapt or overcome. And uh, if you can't, if it doesn't serve you, then you just get rid of it. You know, uh, don't hold on to that stuff. It's, uh, you know, as much as people are like, well, uh, I'm not going to forgive anybody for the way they were acting last year. Listen, just, just forgive guys. It'll be okay. You yeah. know, we'll get through all this. We've got to move on. we got to forgive for, for everything ourselves, everyone included, but I appreciate you having me, Matt and Matthew. I appreciate talking to you, dude. We're going to have to dig into some more of the, of the what people call woo-woo stuff, Matthew, because I'm with you on a, a lot of fronts of this, and I think that there's some conversations that, that you and I have got to got to get involved in, buddy. Yeah, well, there's a lot of spinoff conversations that need to be had, and uh, <laughs> I'm all about it. So I'm looking forward to having them with both of both of you. Um, so uh, you can find me at MatthewRSmith.art. 
ART, and that's a page on uh, the new Agora website that's hosted by Lorenzo and uh, Autodidactic um, Fellow. <clears throat> and, um, and then my architecture work is at dreamdesignbuild.org. All right, thank Thanks. you. Oh, guys, I, I appreciate it. I love talking with you. We will definitely do this one again. All right, we got we got a Absolutely. lot to talk about. Yeah, and much I'd, love, love, I'd guys. love to see you two get together because I can't wait to listen to hear what you guys come <laughs> up with. Because man, every time I talk with you, Matthew, and same with you, Randy, I, I you know, like I said, I got a I got a laundry list of notes here and things to go over. It's it's beautiful. So right thank on, you dude. guys so much. Yeah, I much love. It. And, awesome. Yeah, uh, fight the man, guys. Fight yes. the man, everybody. Don't let the man get you down. But you ain't got to fight it. My bad. Yeah. Just don't right, much love. <laughs> Stay strong and question everything. It's about total control, mental, physical, spiritual, every way, shape, form possible. You have to remember how big of a conspiracy this is. This isn't talking about just the JFK thing or isn't talking about just 9-11 it's on an umbrella kind of system to where it is the biggest deception that there is it actually exposes every other deception and nothing else brings down the power of the elite because it really exposes education science the economy television museums universities think of all the things that have been fooled I feel worse for the people that are out there building satellites the people that are out there actually working for these space agencies, the people out there teaching in schools as professors, because they would all come to the conclusion eventually, once this gets out, that they've all been contributing to the lie.